York sports fans, or if you're a Jet fan, you're leaving MetLife Stadium. Maybe it's not. But you know what? I'm Danielle McCartan. Maybe it's drive time, Danielle, if you're leaving the stadium, or dinner time, Danielle. Whatever it is, in any event, thank you for choosing me to be part of your evening. The good news is we are going to be talking all things New York sports the next couple hours up till 7.30 p.m. Brian Rascona and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio here in lower Manhattan. You know the number. It's already pre-programmed into your speed dials at 877-337-6666. And let's, as always, load them up with your best content only. The Jets are trailing the Dolphins by 10 with 1 minute and 11 seconds to go. It is third down at MetLife Stadium right now. I'll keep you plugged into that final score, but it is all but over there in East Rutherford. You know that I like getting the other team's perspective. So at 6.20 p.m., I've got for the Giants fans a great friend of the show, TJ Reeves, who is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio sideline reporter. He'll be giving us the other team's perspective, an inside look, a different look at this Monday night football matchup between the Giants and the Bucks, And for the Jets, seems like they are back to their old ways. So we keep waiting, waiting, waiting on the Jets to change. change. We keep on waiting, 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 waiting for the, the Jets to change. change. Yup, they won the coin toss and deferred it. The Dolphins elected to receive. It's like, we have the worst defense in the entire NFL. But go ahead and put points up against us in your first drive so we can play from behind for the rest of the entire game. Like, I can't. I don't understand the mentality behind that. It's like we're waiting on these Jets to change, and they're just not. After And then on that drive, after not one, not two, but three Jets could not tackle, but flat-out missed Patrick Laird. The Dolphins opened with a fresh set of downs inside the Jets' two-yard line. Touchdown, Jalen Waddle. two plays later. 7 nothing Dolphins before the Jets offense even had a chance to take the field. Come on, coach. What haven't you learned yet? Now, don't call me up and say, well, the Jets are able to get the ball back at the half when the score was tied. My answer is going to be, well, can you imagine if the Jets didn't have to play from behind from the jump? Maybe they wouldn't have gone into they would have gone into the half with the lead potentially. Who knows what could have happened? But the fact of the matter is, because of that call, because the Jets Dolph, the Jets defense absolutely is so terrible, Dolphins marched right down the field, put up seven, and that was really it. You know? Not long ago, Joe Douglas declared, obviously there's been some peaks and valleys this year, but these guys, their grit, their passion, you see that too, day in and day out. That's an end quote there. Now, I'm not there every single day. But I am either physically there at the stadium or watching on TV there every week, right? This team has not played with grit and passion. You cannot tell me that. More specifically, this Jets defensive unit coming into week 11 plays with anything other than their heads up their butts. I mean, really. Coming into this Dolphins game, I looked at some major defensive categories. And this Jets defense, well, let me just tell you, coming into today, the opponent points per game, this Jets defense, the worst in the league. Opponent yards per game, way worst in the league, this Jets defense is. Opponent red zone scoring attempts per game, the Jets defense, worst in the league. Opponent passing yards per game, well, the Jets are second to last in the league in that category. 
Completion percentage for the opponent. The Jets are 28th, their defense. 28th. The best category, major category, that I could find for the Jets' defense was opponent rushing yards per game. The Jets' are defense is ranked 29th. For Jeff Ulbrich, Je- who's the defensive coordinator of the Jets, to get up on that podium and say, he, the quote was, do we need to tweak the system? Absolutely. Is it in-system time to tweak it? Or I'm sorry, is it in-season time to tweak it? I don't know. Jeff Ulbrich, what do you mean you don't know? Because <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here in front of this microphone, and even I know. I cannot believe that this guy, Jeff Ulbrich, was going to slap Jets fans in the face and say that he cannot tweak his defense in season, especially after the loss of Marcus May. Does he know that this team is the worst at all of those those categories I just mentioned? They have the worst points differential in the entire league. Can someone please tell him that? Or maybe somebody did because... The Jets' defense, in the first half at least, looked like a little bit of a cohesive unit. Or was it that the Miami offense made it look that way? My guess is probably a combination of both. The Jets did not register a single sack in the game. Now, let me refresh the page just to be sure about that because I checked it out a little bit before. Let me hit refresh. Yeah, no, the Jets' defense did not register a single sack in this game today. However... They actually did settle in after that first drive. So the Dolphins opened with an 86-yard, fast-paced drive downfield. The next five drives, the Jets held them to 80 yards, just about, total. The problem I have, and I noted it in the Bills game, which, by the way, was only a two-possession game at halftime, right, is the Jets' inability to make second-half adjustments defensively. Take today, for example— Take the Miami Dolphins' first drive after the half. Tua Tungavailoa watched Ashton Davis take the wrong angle, and then he let one fly for a 65-yard touchdown pass to Hollins. Four plays, 90 yards, two minutes, and 19 seconds. Come on. Going into this Week 11 game against the Dolphins, the Jets had significant confusion about who their starting quarterback was going to be. Robert Sala on Monday said that this market fascinates me in the sense that White was anointed the next coming after one game, and now everyone wants to throw him away. He deserves better than that. Okay, coach, so then start him against the Dolphins. And and cue the, the SpongeBob scene here. Robert Sala, 48 hours later says Miami has a dynamic coverage system as it pertains to defense with the zero and all different coverages that they run. Flacco's kind of been there, done that, and just a kind of steadying experience that we all thought would put us in the best position to win. Okay, give me a break. Get it and win. It's official. The Jets lost. That, to me, sounds like a first-time head coach that wanted one thing, Mike White, and was told to do something else, Joe Flacco, by his superiors. Which, by the way was the wrong move. A question that we raised just yesterday on these airwaves. What happens if Joe Flacco has a bad first half? Then what happens? Well, at the half, he was serviceable. There were no chance from the fans or the few Jets fans at MetLife Stadium for anyone else to come in and take over the team. Through the first half, he actually had a quarterback rating of 95.2 with a touchdown and exactly 100 yards. Good. And he only actually got better through the first three quarters as the game went on. 23 passing yards in the first quarter, 77 in the second, and 138 in the third. But I guess my main question was, did anyone really want to win this game today? 
you knew, as Jet fans, you knew that as soon as Robert Sala took his second timeout with six minutes remaining in the third quarter, that this Jets team was skidding off the runway. They were going to be in trouble down the stretch. The timeouts were taken within literally two plays of each other. And then on that next play after the timeout, a questionable intentional grounding call, but an intentional grounding call nonetheless from the veteran Joe Flacco. Did anyone want to win this game? There were three missed field goals, two by the Jets, one by the Dolphins. And Amendola was pretty automatic through this point in the season. I wonder if he's hurt or if there's something bothering him. Not to mention that Robert Sala called upon him to make two field goals, which both of them exceeded his uh, his career long and for both of them. The one of them, the first one, had the distance, just didn't have the... Uh, I think it, I was listening on the radio. I think it boinged off the, the, the left upright. But on third... And here we go, down the stretch. On third down... Right at the end of the game, or towards the end of the game, a Jonathan Franklin Myers roughing the passer penalty led to the Dolphins' go-ahead touchdown with 10 minutes remaining in the game. Ultimately, once you saw that the Dolphins converted on four straight third downs, you saw the Jets' defense had packed it in with six minutes remaining in the game. You had the feeling it was over. They had Tua Tungavailoa sacked. Then Jason Pinnock was called for a defensive holding. Pack it in. Game over. Basically, right? In virtual, game over. My score prediction from yesterday was Dolphins 28. In in actuality, they scored 24. And I said Jets 20. In actuality, they scored 17. So, hey, not far off on that. Jets lose at the Meadowlands to the Dolphins. Final score of 24-17. Yeah, another week, another game where the Giants were listed as underdogs. This week, in week 11 of the 2021 NFL season, Giants are 10.5-point road dogs. I'll have my official pick coming up a little later in the show, but I will say now that I think that spread sounds a little too generous. The Giants have won two of their last three and are coming off their bye week, as you know. Maybe victory is in their veins, that's Katy Perry, because this Giants team looks to be, like her, a little bit transformed. Some storylines for the Giants coming into Tampa with an extra day tacked onto their bye week, of course, is one of the number one is the health of the team. Sterling Shepard is out with a quad injury still, and the Giants will be without defensive captain Logan Ryan this week. Of course, as you may have heard, due to COVID. That has the potential to be a difference maker for this team. But they gain, they have a plus one here. Saquon Barkley will be back. And hopefully ready to attack. Listen, this guy has the ability to break a game open with a single carry. He ripped a 41-yard rush in September. Giants fans are clamoring to see it again on Monday Night Football. But the thing I'm worried about most with Saquon Barkley's return to this roster is the Giants had some nice chemistry building with Devontae Booker. And I'm hoping that that chemistry does not get destroyed with a new person, Barkley, coming into the mix. I've seen it happen on my own teams. 
I like Booker. He's a gritty runner, and I think most importantly, he shows the Giants that there is no need to wrap up big money in Saquon Barkley and tie up the Giants' cap space long-term. As much as it pains me to say it, because he is a great guy, I am ready for the Giants to move on from Saquon Barkley. It is what is best for the future of this team. And the sky seems to be falling on Tom Brady, doesn't it? Four interceptions over his last two games, which have been two losses. Not great news for the Giants. The last time that Tom Brady lost three games in a row was in 2002. 19 years ago. Then his Patriots actually ended up losing four in a row. We'll check in with TJ Reeves, who's, like I said, the Bucks reporter at 6.20 p.m. to take us into that locker room to see how Tom Brady has taken this to heart, so to speak, throughout this week. Tomorrow night, either the Giants are going to get pissed off, throws for 15 touchdowns, Tom Brady, or they still can't figure it out, Tom Brady. Which number 12 do you think shows up to Raymond James Stadium? Maybe that's a good poll. Maybe I'll put that up on the break. Based on the Giants' defensive trends this season, which, as you know, I've been carefully and meticulously charting, I think it's the latter, really. Take a look at the quarterbacks over the last three Giants games, which is where I kind of observed that major shift. Darnold, okay, he's the one who started it all. But then you had Mahomes and Carr. The Giants' defense forced them, all three of them, into an average rating of a measly, minuscule 68. This Giants defensive unit has allowed only two passing touchdowns over the last three weeks, and it has four interceptions in that same time. This Giants defense has held quarterbacks over their last three games to, on average, 227 yards per game and a really not-so-great 63% completion percentage. Average, I'd say. These trends are all so positive for this Giants team. And again, I know... Logan Ryan is part of all of that. But I, I, and I also know that Tom Brady is a living, playing legend. Everybody does. But he's also going to be operating with one of his favorite receivers in Antonio Brown out. And he's going to be operating with a really banged up Rob Gronkowski who hasn't seen the field since Halloween. I had to double check that, by the way. And in that game, he only played in 10% of the snaps. The good news for the Giants is this that they certainly have the knowledge of and the blueprint of how to handle Tom Brady even on the biggest stage. Simple. In theory, really. You just knock him off his mark in the pocket and hope for the best. The question is, do the Giants have the personnel to do it this season? In my opinion, Leonard Williams will be the key to the Giants' defense and a potential Giants' victory tomorrow night. You know, today is Michael Strahan's 50th birthday. Leonard Williams said yesterday, this is a quote, he said, I know he had number 92 because when I first got here, I wanted it and I couldn't get it. Well, duh. But Williams said, you know, obviously he, he wanted that number 92, couldn't get it, and now he has to channel that inner number 92 tomorrow night for the Giants to have a real chance to win this game. Can he do it? I will tell you, and I have told you, that this Giants defense is trending upward. Of course, again, Logan Ryan being rolled out for tomorrow night will have a big effect on the way that they play. I'm not saying it's probable, but I'm saying it's possible. But this Giants team looks 
just different to the eye test over the past three weeks. And I think it's trending in the right direction, in my opinion. Win or lose, though, at least they're going to look great. Thanks for a tweet from uh, Phil Heckin the other day. We all know now that the Giants are going to be wearing their color rush uniforms easily. The best-looking uniforms in the entire league. So win or lose, at least the Giants are going to look great. And for the Mets and Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, the hardest thing he'll ever have to do to walk away pretending like he doesn't love the Mets, that Noah Syndergaard. Listen, I like him, but I am calling total BS. By the way, that was a throwback to elementary school in 98 degrees. I love that. Noah Syndergaard actually said this. It was the hardest decision of my life, but I definitely think I made the right decision. On Carton and Roberts, Sandy Alderson said that the Mets were never even given a chance to match the Angels' offer for Syndergaard. So... It couldn't have been that hard, right? Syndergaard explained that away with this quote. I, I really didn't hear from them all that much in the last two months from the end of the season until now. I understand that they had a lot on their plates. That's a cop-out answer. Come on. You have an agent, right? He or she, I actually think it's a she, has a functional phone, right, Noah Syndergaard? That doesn't pass my sniff test whatsoever. Noah Syndergaard is living literally now in la-la land because he said that he wants to help Mike Trout get a ring there with the Angels. Oh, yeah? You really think that this team is going to win a ring in within one season that you signed up for? Come on. Give me a break, dude. They aren't close. They actually have the same odds to win the World Series as the Detroit Tigers. Think about that. I think it was plus 5,000. Syndergaard said, I think we can really make a run at this thing. In your dreams, buddy. But there's a bigger issue for the Mets that he outlined, and I think it's justifiable. Syndergaard said on October 3rd, it would be a tough pill to swallow not wearing that Mets jersey next year. And then like a month and a half later, he bolted to another team. So what happened? Read between the lines. Syndergaard, and maybe you don't even have to because he said that the Mets' organizational upheaval was, quote, definitely in the back of my mind a little bit. I didn't want to gamble on that kind of uncertainty that's been going on with them. Bingo. If I am a big name, big money free agent, I am not going to sign a long-term deal, or any deal, really, that for that matter, with a team that does not have their ducks in a row. I think it was a smart play by Syndergaard. Now, granted, the Mets now have a general manager, but with a potential lockout looming and some big deals already having been made, the Mets are really behind the eight ball here. They need to make a move on a manager ASAP. And to a prospective player, having a manager in place will dictate the day-to-day direction of the organization even clearer than having a general manager in place. I really don't think the Mets will sign any new-to-the-organization players until they get that manager in place. And for their sake, and I hope it's really soon, I hope the next time I talk to you on Wednesday, for crying out loud, they've got a manager in place. And I hope that they've already got Mike Schilt on the horn, so to speak. So let's get it going. I set the table for you guys, and I cannot wait to talk with you at 877-337-6666, especially those Jets fans, those of you that are headed home right now 
from MetLife Stadium. Maybe you're stuck in miserable traffic. Give me a call. I'd be more than happy to keep you company. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan in New York City. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. Danielle at dinner time here on The Fan in New York City. I am Danielle McCartan bringing you to about 7.30 tonight. Well, no, exactly 7.30 tonight. So we've got some hours to hang. The Jets have lost to the Miami Dolphins just a few minutes ago, officially, 24-17. to Now, this team, um, they're in flux. Well, let's just put it that way. This team, the defense does not look good. Uh, they have three quarterbacks that they don't even know who's going to be playing next week. Uh, It's just a mess. The team is just a mess. I got a text from my uncle who is a Jet fan, and he said he's still crying. (laughs) So if you're in traffic leaving that game, give me a call. I want to hear how many Dolphins fans there actually were in attendance. How long did you make it? I know a lot of fans kind of leave at halftime, and, and, you know, that's what happened last week. I was at the Bills game last week, and there were Jet fans behind us, and they left. They left at halftime. So, uh, give me the, the in-stadium perspective. Because I left my house. I was watching on TV. I left my house. I ended up wa- listening on the radio. So I want the whole perspective. If you are leaving the Jet game right now, 877-337-6666. The therapy session is open for all of you. Let's go first to, um, well, I guess technically Long Beach Island. But, John, you are leaving the Jet game. Tell me, what happened there today? Hey, hey, Danielle, how are you? Yeah, I'm on the parkway already headed south. Um yeah, about I, I would say about a third of the fans were Dolphin fans. I mean, it, everybody was well behaved. There was no no problem with anybody. But um, I left uh, almost at the end of the fourth quarter um, just to get out of the stadium. Um, the mismanagement of the clock, the timeouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, the coach was just not good. Not good. Bad coaching. Some bad decisions. I think Elijah Moore had a great game, yes. but. Uh, I enjoyed going there with my son. That's the reason I drove up to see the game, and uh, that, that was definitely worth it. Worth it. But uh, I just wanted to hear some more your, your commentary. I enjoy listening to you more often. You got good hours, and keep it up. Uh-huh, thank you. And did your son like the game? Yeah, he loved it. He has season tickets, so okay. I don't see him as often as I'd like. He lives in Hoboken, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, enjoy, I really enjoyed seeing him. So that that was a benefit, obviously. Yeah, right, and and that's and that's, so, but that's that's the takeaway from this check game, right? And John, I appreciate you checking in from from the from leaving the game there from the Parkway. Drive safe. Um, yeah, it, I mean, when you I'm looking at the box score, and it's like these teams were like pretty evenly matched on this box score. I mean, you look at, you know, I, I don't want to read them to you. You can look at them yourself, but I mean, they're pretty evenly matched. I'm, I'm trying, I'm just trying to find the difference maker in, in what's going on here. I mean. It's, I guess it's just intangible. You pointed it out, and it's it's the clock mismanagement. I'm like, why, why are you taking two? I would love to hear his explanation for this, too, and I'm going to keep an eye on that, too. Uh, I would love to hear why do you take two timeouts in, in the second half within two or three plays of each other? Like, like that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Why are you still electing to defer on the coin toss. You won the coin toss. You have the worst defense in the league. Get the ball in your hands and try to put some points up. I mean, come on. I don't understand why you would just say, okay, listen, I've got the worst defense in the league. I don't have, I'm don't. i not playing with the Bears defense from, what, 85 Bears. I don't have that. I don't have anything close to it. I actually have the opposite of it. I, I still don't understand why you're like, okay, I've won the toss. Here, Dolphins, go ahead and put up seven on us. I, I just I don't understand. 
It's like it's like insanity. It's like doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, and and they're just not. So I'm going to keep an eye on the on the uh, SNY feed here just to see if we have any explanations of 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 any of what went on today. And um, yesterday we had on Andy Vasquez from uh, NorthJersey.com. He, he covers the Jets for the old school Bergen record, you know. And uh, I told him, I told him, Andy, you better ask, uh, why is it, who was it, whose decision was it to put Flacco in instead of Mike White, too? That was the wrong decision as well. So a lot of questions and not a lot of answers right now. Uh, right now, I'm sure that the post-game press conferences are still going on. So we'll stay plugged in for that. Let's go to, uh, oh, let's go. New Jersey, okay. Ron, he's a Dolphins fan leaving the game. Great, Ron. What was your perspective on the game today? Well, I'm a Dolphins fan, and it was a great win. Oh, sure it was. You really think so, though? <laughs> I mean, who wanted to win? Missed field goals, penalties this. Really? Was it that great? Well, yeah, we beat the home cooking. We beat the Jets and the Reps. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh. There were some, some bad calls out there. So. Yeah, for sure. But, uh... You know, it just seemed like the Jets stayed in the game. The Dolphins let the Jets stay in the game. They were dominating. Yeah. But uh, two big plays, the Michael Carter run and then the uh, touchdown to Elijah Moore. Yep. That's it. That's what, kept, that's what kept the Jets in the game. Without those two big plays, the Dolphins dominated the game. Yeah. So. No, I agree with you. That, that's a fair assessment. And I'm watching, actually, right now, the Elijah Moore touchdown again. I mean, that, that was that was a long strike. That was it, and, and you nailed it. And, and I think, yeah, when you subtract those two plays, and that tied the game up at 14, subtract those two plays, I, I think the Jets' offense was pretty inept, actually, with my, with with the veteran Joe Flacco under center, right? Yeah, I mean, they had, they had Flacco uh, seeing ghosts, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Says the Dolphins. <laughs> the ghosts are Oh, yeah. All right. Th- <laughs> thanks for checking in there, Ron. I appreciate that. Hope you were well-behaved at the stadium. I'm sure you were. <laughs> Thanks for checking in. I appreciate that. I love here. I love hearing the live reactions leaving the stadium. I love it. All right. All right. Let's go to Queens and Jesse. You're up next on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How's everything? What's up, Jesse? Good. How are you? Good, good. A lot of nuts. I mean, I'm tired of press conferences and talking about Billy Epler and all this stuff. There's about 10 days left before they shut everything down. Why not start signing guys, you know? Oh, oh we're talking baseball? Cohen, okay. Yeah. If I'm Steve Cohen, I'm like, Okay, our our team looks like a mess. Our organization looks bad. The only thing that we have positive is my money. Here, 50, uh, four years, two hundred million to Scherzer. Take it or leave it. That's it. Just use what is his greatest attribute, mm-hmm. and get players for the Mets because managers are nice, and you know, baseball uh, president, you know, baseball head of operations is yeah. nice, and all this, but talent wins games. Get the players, Scherzer, get Baez, get Chris Bryant, maybe uh, Starling Marte, maybe that guy from from Japan, uh, Suzuki. Get the players. Once you get the players, the whole narrative will change. The Mets will look better. That's it. Use his, his best weapon is his money. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Yep. What's, what's he waiting for? Yeah, t- uh, Jesse, I think that's a fair question. I, I don't know what he's waiting for. Um, I will tell you, though, that I think – and maybe they have. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, you saw, I watched that entire press conference from Billy Epler. He said his phone was already ringing before he even gave the press conference. The night before he gave the press conference, his phone was already ringing. So that's a good sign. That is a good sign. Um, but I, I also caution to say, like, 
put yourself in a big name for, for Max Scherzer's shoes, for example. Are you going to sign on to a team not knowing kind of what the, the lay of the land is? I mean, Noah Syndergaard so, uh, cited that um, when, one, of the, one of the reasons, one of the probably many reasons that he picked the uh, Angels was that they're going to go to a six-man rotation. That's already been decided. That was attractive to him, you can imagine, because he's coming off a season where he's probably going to be on, a, on an innings limit. He's coming off the season, obviously, with the Tommy John surgery. So uh, that that sort of a thing, that direction is important to players, clearly. And, and Noah Syndergaard is, is the most recent example of it. Now, if the Mets can get in there and get a manager in place, that I think, and I know talent wins games, I understand that, but it's it's not about that. It's more about the way in which, the direction in which, this team looks to go. And that's important. That's important. Because, hey, look at what happened with Taiwan Walker this year. He was going to be on an innings limit. He burnt out. The Mets should have done, I think, a six-man rotation this past season based on the personnel on that team. But that, that's a whole other story. The, the, I used to have a, a, a head coach that told me that the Rear view mirror is much smaller than the windshield on purpose. Don't look backwards, look forwards. So looking forward for the Mets, it's got to be a manager. Stat, pronto, ASAP. Long Island we go. Mario, you're up on the fan. Hey, Coach, how are you? Great, how are you, Mario? What's up? Good. Well, you kind of stole my thunder. I mean, I, I was thinking a couple of weeks back when they fired Schilt, he's a no-brainer. I know. I mean, he's a no-brainer. I mean, Billy Epple, that could be Billy Epple's first terrific best move. Yes. And and if he needs oh, – um, I'm sorry. Management and a leadership need to be in place and a, and a tier. Like, you know, so let's say Sandy's at the top of the top of the mountain right now mm-hmm. with maybe Epple if he shows himself mm-hmm. in a couple of years or, or, or throughout this year and – Uncle Stevie believes in him. Right. He's got the money. Then he can stop putting it into place. But he's got a heart. He's got to, it's got to be him and the manager he picks. And then he's got to put this team together. Yeah. And I don't. And I don't think that that's so far fetched. If Epler makes the right move and hires the right guy, well, right. like all the you know Bochi and this guy and that, you, you gotta you gotta. This guy had success recently and I like and I like his approach. I love it's it. Far, yes. I think I'm, the Mets I'm, I think the I'm Mets sorry, should coach. have Mike Schild on the next private jet into Teterboro Airport. I'm telling you. Without without a doubt. Can I just make one comment yeah. about Syndergaard? Good. As far as Noah goes, good riddance. Bye bye. He hasn't pitched in two years. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's gonna be. He it takes a certain kind of guy and this goes for everybody. For manager, general manager it takes a certain kind of person. I don't care what anybody says. It takes a kind of certain person to manage and operate in in New York City in the metropolitan area mm-hmm. in this environment. Sure. I don't. You know, you've been you've been all around the country, Danielle. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a certain um, kind of um, place like there's no other. Yes. And uh, if and Noah didn't want to pitch, he didn't like New York. He didn't like he didn't like the fans. I don't think he liked. He, I don't think. He wanted to be here. I don't think you know, he, he you know, I, don't, I was having this discussion at lunch the other day at school with one of the teachers. I don't think he liked being number two. I, I don't think he likes living in DeGrom's shadow is what I don't think he liked. He wasn't, he's not better than DeGrom. Well, I know. Even DeGrom doesn't pitch either. I know, I know. I know that. Believe me, I do know that. But I, I think he just didn't like it. I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, good luck to him. And good luck to him in California. And thanks for the uh, thanks for the listen, Coach. Yeah, of course, Mario. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for calling in. And uh, as far as Mike Schilt, I mean, he right now is top of mind, top of my list for the Mets to um, to get as manager. I mean, he was ma- NL Manager of the Year in 2019. Okay, and again with the Cardinals, right? So it's the St. Louis Cardinals, NL Manager of the Year in 2019. He finished third, third in NL Manager of the Year voting this year. And he was like, he was like, let go, you know? So, I mean, it was, and they cited a, a, a difference of opinion. That difference of opinion, I would be interested to figure out what happened there. I said it as the night that it happened. I think I was honored. And the night later, whatever, the night after. Mike Schilt, difference of opinion. That, to me, sounds like they wanted to go analytics. He wanted to go gut, and they fired him because of it. It's the machine. It's, it's the analytical machine, I think, he, that just output him, spit him out. And you saw Billy Epler. You heard him, I should say. He said he wants to, um, you know, meet with everybody in the organization. There's no time for that, dude. There's just no time for that. There's an impending lockout with, I think it's eight days away or nine days away at this point. You got to get a manager in place before this lockout. You're on a time crunch. Do it. Get Mike Schilt in there. I'm telling you, he is the right choice. I'm telling you. I don't want to hear about Buck Showalter. I don't want to hear it. Yes, I, I, I know the Mets need somebody with experience. I know that. But I'm just not sure about how Buck Showalter would relate to today's players. And it's because I experienced it. I experienced it. I, I coached on a team, I used to, where there was an older man as the head coach, I mean really old, coaching young kids. And it just it didn't work. It just didn't work. And you got Buck Showalter, 65 years old, going to be coaching guys that are in their 20s. I'm telling you, it's just, it's not going to work. Because, not that I coach on a professional team, but I coached a varsity team there for many reasons. Having that head coach did not work with those girls on that team. And, And that's just my experience. So... If you guys let you know what, let's play Monday morning quarterback on this Sunday afternoon. Was starting Joe Flacco the right call today for the New York Jets? 877-337-6666. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. Does that make them crazy? Of course the Jets are crazy. You got Robert Sala right in the crawl. Everybody's crosshairs following this game today. He first wins the toss, elects to defer, goes down 7-0 on the first after the first drive of the game. Before his offense even gets onto the field, the guy's down 7-0. The Jets were playing from behind yet again right from the outset. But let's play Monday morning quarterback right here immediately on this Sunday afternoon was Joe Flacco the right call today. He had that major sack fumble turnover on the Dolphins' five-yard line when the game was still 7-7, one in which he didn't recognize the blitzer, probably because this Dolphins have the most elaborate defensive scheme, right? That mistake by the veteran Joe Flacco obviously kept points off the board, three, Maybe six or, well, maybe not three because how this game ended up playing today, but maybe six or seven even. And here's what Robert Sala had to say about Joe Flacco's performance today. 
did you know, he did what I what we all expected him to do. He settled on the offense. Took on, there was a lot of pressures. He got hit a few times. Uh, got the ball to where it needed to go, and um, I thought he did a really nice job out there. He did what we all expected him to do. I thought he really did a really nice job out there. Uh, all right. Um, I guess despite all that, despite the the major sack fumble, which kept points directly off the board, you look at his final stat line, 24 of 39, almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 101.6, which is pretty good. So I ask you, I appeal to you, Jets fans, was that the right move they lost anyway? And another compounded question here, too, is if the Jets would have won, would you have been happy that they won the game with Joe Flacco under center? Like, there's a lot to, I hate the word unpack, but there's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot to discuss with this Jets team. Despite that, whether win or loss, Joe Flacco was not the right answer to play today. Mike White, the Jets need to find out who is he, what is he, Will he be on this team next year? And if not, is he going to be tradable to another team next year? Lots of questions that were not answered today because Joe Flacco got the start. Let's go to, in the order that you guys called, uh, New Jersey. uh, And and Tom, you're up on the fan. Tom, you there? Hi, Danielle. Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. And you're uh, you're right on with everything that you're you're saying. Thank you. I like I to be have, right I on. Have two, <laughs> two, I have two things. Go one ahead. about the Mets and one about the Mets, and I'll be real quick. Tell me. Well, you know the Jets need to clean house. That's number one. Already, they cannot uh, proceed. Uh, now and in the future with the way they're coming. The uh, choice to, uh, the choice to uh, quarterback uh, Flacco today was there. It's like they're rolling the dice. They don't know what the hell they're doing because of the upper management right. and coaching staff. That's what I was going to ask. I, whose decision do you think it was? Because on Monday you have uh, uh, Robert Sala singing Mike White's praises, and then 48 hours later it's like, okay, Joe Flacco's the starter. Who do you think well, made that decision? That, that's what You're exactly right. Yeah. Either put White in yep. and let him, let him burn out the season, and, and let's see what happens, okay? And – and then go from there. And sit, but, wait, wait, wait. But sit, Dak, sit, Dak Wilson, like forever for the rest of the well, season. They're too unintelligent about football not to make that decision. That's their problem. They're, they're a, I, they are a very, very un I don't or, even organized, know unorganized, unorganized. Yes, upper management. Um, team. Yes. Regardless. Yeah, I I agree with that. Sure. My second point about the Mets. Yeah. Goodbye to Syndergaard. Adios. You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, As Zach Brown would say, adios simbaya con Dios. That's right. (laughs) Goodbye to Noah Syndergaard. And the Jets, uh, you know, have found themselves in, in quarterback Hell, no, not even that. It's it's just it's not hell, right? Because they don't have one guy that they're like sticking with and burning and dying with. It's it's that they're in quarterback purgatory, which is 
probably even worse, actually, to be in purgatory than it is to be in hell right now for this team. Quarterback purgatory. Is it Mike White? Is it Zach Wilson? Is it Joe Flacco? I mean, come on. Joe Flacco told you from the outset that he did not want to come in and be a mentor-type quarterback, that he could still play. With a 101 rating today against this Dolphins team, he could still play. So what do you do now? Do you ride the season out with Joe Flacco? Do you put Mike White in? Is Zach Wilson coming back next week? Is he ready to come back? I mean, come on, what do you do? I'll tell you what I would do real quick. I would go, this is my order. Zach Wilson, if he's healthy, throw him out there the rest of the, the rest of the season. He's got to learn. If it's not him, it has to be Mike White. It has to be Mike White. Because any win at the hands of Joe Flacco is just, it's like, eh, all right, yeah, Jets won. All right, cool. Let's go to Valley Stream, New York. Well, kind of technically Valley Stream. He's coming home from the game. Hirsch, you're up on the fan. Hey, how you doing, Danielle? I'm great. How are you? So um, I'm in the car with my 11-year-old boy, taking him to his first football game. And, hey. of course, as, as has had so many times in my life, in my 50 years, a Sunday's been ruined by this stupid, awful, moronic franchise that I've root for since 1977. All right, Hirsch, I got um, to ask you a question there, Hirsch, though. Why not tell your son to pick a different team? My son was in, dressed fully in Chicago Bears. <laughs> Oh, no. uniform today because he's yelling bear down in the back. Oh, my Max. God. What's his name? Uh, What's his name? Maxwell. Maxwell. Max. Bear down, Maxwell. He's bear down, but uh, it's not much better to be in a Bears fan, but at least he's not a Jack fan. I wouldn't <laughs> subject that to him. Right. Uh, but I will tell you that this it's amazing to me that a guy, a regular guy like me and so many other people, guys and gals like me, have enough wherewithal to understand that starting Joe Flacco today, I don't care if they even won the game, yes. it makes zero sense right. for the future of this franchise. Right. How a, the football coach, the general manager, the owner, nobody can step in and say, that's a, that's a lateral move for us. Because unless Joe Flacco has a chance to be the future of this, this team, which we know he cannot be, then either we're starting Mike White today mm-hmm. or if Zach Wilson's ready to go, you put Zach Wilson in. The, the point of... To put Joe Flacco in is wasting our time. Yes. Hirsch, let me think, because I I really thought really critically about this, and I was on last night, and I came up with a bunch of reasons why they would want to start Flacco, and I think part of the reason is, and hear me out, because they could have signed him for money, right? Just flat-out money. Instead, they traded for him before Mike White even had that breakout Bengals game. They didn't know what they had in Mike White. They yeah, traded for Flacco, right. and this is justifying that trade for Flacco to say, like, hey, look, see, he almost got us a win today. He almost got us a win. Look, there We're he is. Face. We're saving face. The big dopey dumb franchise that we are to give a six-round pick for a guy that we already had, we traded for. We're going to save face yeah. by starting Joe Flacco. Yes. Did what they wanted to do. The complacency, I can't tell you how badly I want to love Robert Sala. Me too. Unfortunately, the man cannot coach. Yeah, well. about what he's doing. This team is not disciplined. These offside penalties and other stupid penalties that this yep. team takes, it's just bewildering to me. Yep. And how they managed to do this today and lose, and how me, after all these years, still an idiot going to these games. <laughs> I don't understand what is mentally wrong with me. But it's still there, and I'm still I'm wearing a Curtis Martin jersey like I've done for the past 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I'm just disgusted with myself and this yeah. team. 
I don't yeah. know what else to say. Hirsch, I, I know. I get it, and I feel it in your voice. I, I understand. I stopped buying Jets jerseys. I think the last one I bought – well, actually, here's what I'm doing now. I'm going backwards like you. I got a uh, um, Michael Inegri, a listener. He sent me a, a Joe Namath jersey. I actually bought myself a Boomer Esiason jersey. Those are all safe. Curtis Martin, like you're wearing, is safe. Winker Bed is a safe pick. You know, you can't buy, invest in any of these players right now. You just can't do it. Because I, I, I started buying T-shirts after a while. I, I bought an Eric Decker T-shirt, gone. I bought a Brandon Marshall T-shirt, gone. I have a Darrell Revis T-shirt. I, I guess that at least is good. I, I, uh, Jamal Adams T-shirt, gone. That's it. I'm either buying old school Jets or I'm buying logo T-shirts. That's it. I'm tired of it. Scott, in technically South Orange, but he's on his way home. Scott, give me, give me, give me what you uh, think about the Jets game today. Tell me. I did not see anything that made me think oh, that's why they started Joe Flacco. Mm. Nothing. I mean, I know, you know, I know there's 300 yards. I'm surprised, actually, those were the stats. But yeah. um, no, no plays like that. We had a great time at the game. Uh, my boys were in from uh, from college. My wife was there. We had a, you know, nice, pretty nice weather for November. Yes. So, you know, fans were good. It's probably half Jet fans, 10% Dolphins fans, and 40% empty seats. Oh, I no. Did. I was like, where's the other Something 40? Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Don't don't get it, you know. Don't get. Uh, it's not like Mike White didn't, you know. It wasn't it wasn't one. He played one great game, but he was, you know, he was pretty good in that first quarter against Indianapolis. And I was there for that. I watched it. He, he marched yeah. him right down the field. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Touchdown to Elijah Moore in the corner. That was mm-hmm. a great throw. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I don't know what uh, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish with, with Flacco, and 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 here we are. And you know, um, you know, you took that Twitter poll last last week. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not fans will be patient. You know, we just want to see something built for the future. You know, right. I think what is it? Eighty percent said, "Let's let's look ahead. We don't need we don't need to win now." Yep. You know, so and that's the thing. And and, and Scott, good point there too. And, and to go back to last week, I think Jets fans understand. Jets fans understand what's up. They do. It's like before this season even started, you knew the Jets were not making the playoffs. You're looking for development. You're looking for some sort of signal of development from from. Your head coach, your coaching staff, your offensive coordinator, obviously, and your rookie quarterback. And I think the frustration is occurring right now. And tell me if I'm wrong. 877-337-6666. But I think the frustration among Jets fans right now is that it's not palpable. It's not tangible. You can't you can't point your finger on any sort of development anywhere on this team. The fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, hey, Google, play WFAN. Well, this is a good song because the Jets give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away today to the Dolphins. The Jets lose to the Dolphins. Maybe you're on your way back from the stadium. Maybe you stayed till the end. Good for you. Good for you. You deserve a badge for staying to the end. Uh, I think... Uh, there was a Twitter, uh, somebody on Twitter, his name is Josh Wells, a follower on Twitter, a listener. He said, uh, la- you last night said you'd give Robert Sala another year to get it right. He said, ouch, this game hurts, coach. And you know what? Yes, I, I am going to give Robert Sala another year, and I know this is really bad. This is really, really bad. I want to I like him. I want to believe in him. I think you just can't evaluate him. It's, he's a first-year head coach, first-time ever head coach. He's got a first-time ever offensive coordinator. He's got a, a you know the the next coming a quarterback who who hasn't played in a couple weeks. It's just not fair. I don't think to judge him. 
And I know you might be like, what? They stink. But, you know, think again, too, that this is another organization that doesn't have a lot of stability. Players like to like stability, gravitate towards stability. And I'm not firing the coaching staff today, now. Although, Jeff Albrecht, uh, I'd like to take a really hard look at him. Because, you know, this defense is not good. And I'm not sure why. Is it scheme? Is it the players? Is it a combination of both? I don't know, but this defense is not good. But as far as the head coach, everything, I'm giving him another season. You can't fire him now. I know that's a knee-jerk reaction. But who are you going to bring in? So I just changed uh, in the studio here. Of course, the TV's on mute. So, uh, But I changed from Channel 2, which had like, I don't know, some dirt racing or whatever on. And now I have on Fox 5. It's the Chiefs 9, the Cowboys 3. So that's something to look forward to if you're a Giant fan, the Cowboys losing. Let's go back to the phones at 877-337-6666. Did he get in? Hardman? Eh, He's marked down just short. And who's that? Pringle. Oh, 47. No, it's Hardman. Hardman, Hardman. Uh, sorry, I'm, talk- I'm talking with Brian Rascona in my ear here. No, I confused Hardman. you. I confused you. That's <laughs> yeah. on me. I thought it was Pringle. Hardman, it looks like he's going to be, I don't know, that might be a touchdown. Yeah, it looks like he might have slid in. Yeah. I don't know. I would kind of challenge that call, but all right, just short. Chiefs are driving. They might score here. Giants fans, tune in to Channel 5. With me on, on the audio, of course. Let's go uh, to New Jersey. Mike, you're up on the fan. Mike. Hello. 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 Hey, uh, quick shout-out to Eduardo, Wyatt, and uh, Dalton, who came out to see the game today. We have a mix of Dolphins and Jets fans. Hey, uh, Mike, can you just turn down the radio in the background? We're getting a little delay. Yeah, can you turn down the radio? So I just want to say that I think you're incredibly right in saying that, uh, you know, Falco, you know, he did what he was supposed to do today, but we wanted to see White and see what he could do. Exactly. Right. That, that, and that's and that's the most frustrating part, isn't it, Mike? That Flacco goes out there, does what he's asked to do, does what he's supposed to do, and everybody's clamoring still to see what Mike White can do. Expected, but we need to actually put him up on the block and see what he can do. And uh, you know, he this is a building year, so this is the time when you can yes. do it. There's there's no there's no worry about uh, playoffs or you know Super Bowl games. Mm-hmm. So let him. You know, let him try, and and let's see what he can do. Yeah, and Mike, I'm so with you. Mike is on the Mike White train. But, of course, again, let's put this all into perspective. If Zach Wilson is not ready to play, if he is still injured, Mike White should be playing. If Zach Wilson is ready to go, then you put him in. Simple. Period. Done. This season is about developing him. What you're looking for in Mike White is some trade value or... Is he a serviceable backup that you don't have to go out and pay a, a, a you know big name guy to come in, or you don't have to trade a sixth round pick for a guy like Joe Flacco? Is Mike White a serviceable backup? Can they learn together with the with the understanding that Zach Wilson is quarterback one, QB one, and Mike White would be QB two? That's what you're trying to figure out, and it's completely frustrating that this team keeps ignoring that. Let's go to Ossining and Brandon. You're up next on the fan. How's it going? I uh, 
So I'm uh, I'm pumped for this Giants game tomorrow. I think I think I have a Saquon back. I think his effect on the team is actually uh, I think it's underrated. I don't think he gets enough credit. Jones's efficiency when Saquon plays is way better. It is, and right. I think this this slander on Saquon, I it's, it's it's a little frustrating. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm hearing it from a lot of other Giants fans. I I think Saquon's the, the big key. I guess it's a little obvious, but it's underrated his impact. So efficient when he plays, and bringing Andrew Thomas back is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do anything without any pass rush. Right. I don't know how we were able to get past Oakland. Having him back will be big because Tampa's going to be coming after us, but I'm hoping we could get it done. The Giants are Brady's crypt tonight, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll I, see, but I'm fired up. I like the optimism, Brandon, and that's a great point of Andrew Thomas being back. Uh, imagine, how do I say this? And I, I, but Between the two of them, Barkley and Thomas, I think uh, having Andrew Thomas back is, is more beneficial to Daniel Jones because your blind side's protected. His blind side is protected. He's a little bit more confident in the pocket to stay in there a little bit longer. And the, I don't, I, those sack fumbles, I hope they disappear. But the most frustrating thing to me about Saquon Barkley is he, he tries to be this cut back, jump, you know, jump, juke kind of, kind of guy, like a Le'Veon Bell type. And he's just not built like that. Saquon Barkley is a bruiser with speed. Hit the hole, go for it. And you're gone. Get through. Break through. Run north-south. That's what I would like to see out of Saquon Barkley tomorrow night. Run north-south, not east-west. You're more effective. And listen, Saquon Barkley, with those legs, he could carry two or three guys with him. Run. Hit the hit the gritty yards. Pick up the gritty yards. Don't go for the finesse yards. That's what I would like to see from Saquon. We'll see what happens. Hasn't been that way for the past couple weeks, at least, that he's been on the field. Because I've been calling for it, and I've been looking for it, and I haven't seen it. Uh, Woodlawn, Jared, you're up on the fan. Hey, thanks so much for taking my call. Hey, thanks Big for Jet making fan, it. Longtime Jet fan, mm-hmm. and um, I got to tell you, um, I'm flabbergasted like uh, you and a lot of other people when it comes to Flacco. Um, I had heard rumblings earlier in the week that this was sort of a uh, a motivational start to keep the locker room, and if that's the case, I think the Jets are dysfunctional from the top down um, sure. if if starting a um an older qb in the hopes of getting a win against the miami dolphins is going to keep the locker room yeah then unfortunately sal is the wrong hire uh his offensive coordinator is the wrong hire and we don't have the right personnel in terms of veterans uh in here that is going to promote a young uh, team, especially obviously the quarterback and the cornerbacks. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because um, that was really, other than your take earlier about sort of justifying the trade for Flacco, that was really the only argument that I sort of was able to understand. Um, again, coming out, um, you know, during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the Jets have. I think it is the youngest, average age, the youngest team in the NFL, I think. If it's not the youngest, it's like second or third youngest, okay? So the fact oh, – we can go in so many different directions here. The fact that – let's look at the, the offense first. There was no uh, veteran presence on this roster from the jump, which we talked about here. It was talked about everywhere. Like, I don't understand. Like, they're trying to – I feel like this front office is trying to outsmart Everybody, and, and and they're not. It's just it's just they're defying logic is what they're doing. And I sat there and, and I tried logically to figure out why Flacco would be starting 
over over Mike White in a situation like this with Zach Wilson still hurt. And and you said maybe it is is to to, to keep the locker room together. I mean, <laughs> what is more motivating to to a bunch of uh, young guys in a locker room than to get some playing time to to, to try to put it all out on the field? I mean. I don't, I'm not calling you wrong. It could very well be that. But I sat down. And I'm like, all right, it's got to be to justify the trade for him. It's got to be. Okay. Then I'm like, maybe the most obvious reason is maybe maybe the Jets just want to win the game. But then my next question, my follow-up question to myself, this is me by myself, was, okay, well, then if they want to win the game, then why didn't they put Flacco, the veteran, in in a game against the Bills uh, to start him against the Bills? They gave him three enough time to throw three passes at the end of the game. If the objective is to win then why put Flacco in at the end of the game and not the beginning of the game? And there's nothing more motivating. I mean, I was there when, when Mike White was introduced. We, we got to our seats in time. Mike White, that the whole stadium, the people that were there were, were pumped up for him. And of course they put him in against the best defense in the league to say, oh, look, look, he, he didn't do it. All right, Flacco, you're in. Come on. Come on. And I was like, you know what this is about? This is to to quell what I was just getting to, an even bigger quarterback controversy. Because if Mike White went in this game, started this game today, beat the Dolphins, the three and seven Dolphins with this crazy defensive scheme that everybody keeps talking about, Mike White goes in there, beats the Dolphins. Next week is what the Texans, I think, who starts. That is a huge quarterback controversy because that is a beatable team. In my opinion. That's what I think this was all about. A combination of, let's not make a bigger quarterback controversy than there already is, which was a fail. And two, we have to justify using some draft capital on this veteran guy. This is a perfect time to do it. Look how poorly Mike White did against the Bills. See? Look. See? That's what I think. In the order that you guys called to Hampton and Larry, you're up on the fan. Hey, how's it going? First time caller. Well, yeah, just coming back from the Jets Dolphins game with my son. It's his birthday today. Oh, happy birthday! Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, two things I want to talk about the Jets Dolphins game, man. Uh, the Jets are just flat. They don't have any stars. I can't even name their starting running back or tight end. Yeah, I remember Jets were a pain in the butt. They always had star defensive players. They have nobody. Yep. And when they started Flacco, I knew they were going to Dolphins were going to win, even though we're not having a great season. But you know what? They got an easy schedule. No, no, not that. Not that. that. No, I'm, just, I'm just looking for a guy that, that's more of a blend of the new and the old. I, you can't, I, I, my opinion is you can't swing one way or another on this pendulum. It has to land right in the middle. That's what I think. Right. I, I hear you 100%. Sometimes these young, young managers, they work, but you know, when you don't have discipline, you got, you got guys like Lindor and Byers doing whatever the heck they want. I know that. You, know, you need some discipline. You need yep. some old school discipline. And Collins did that. We were successful with him. Yeah, they ran him out of town, but I still miss him. You need, that, you need that father-like guy that, you know, whip a guy to the butt, you know, when, when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and, and I, awesome. I think a lot of Mets fans uh, miss Terry Collins. I, I think that's a fair point. Um, and I think a lot of Jets fans miss Rex Ryan. And, and when he was let go, I, I'm on the record saying, uh, that's too soon. Uh, and I even told him. I, I met him at, at Yankee Stadium, actually, and I said, Rex, they, they let you go too soon. And he was like, uh-huh. 
He didn't want to say much. He knew. He knew I knew. Uh, to Westchester we go. And David, you're up next on the fan. Daniel, hi. Hi. So I, this, you made a comment about not firing Robert Sala. And it's just, we've been in a rebuilding phase for like 30 years, right? <laughs> yeah. And so if they hired him and he's supposed to be a great coach and he's not performing for whatever the reason, mm-hmm. right, we should fire him. We've seen everything else and we're horrible. And it's, it, that goes from the Woody Johnson on down. So until they're going to sell the franchise, we're going to continue to fail. And, and getting rid of Salah, if he can't perform, like they're not going to – anyone else in any other position, if they were hired and they didn't perform up to expectations, they'd be fired. It can't hurt. I understand. I'm just looking this up to make sure I got it right. Robert Salah, Jets, agreed a reported five-year contract as new head coach. So they're going to be paying him for the next four years. You know what I'm saying? Like that- Perfect Jets, right? We paid Woody. So Woody paid Rex when we, we always double pay people, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think they're still paying, uh, what's his name, uh, Adam Gase. And, I and think. we're also great at hiring the coaches and everyone else and then letting them go, and then they excel elsewhere. So that really means that the environment in which they're working and performing, which is, again, directed by Woody, is – there's a problem with that, right? You can't take someone, the same person, put them somewhere else, and then they do what they're supposed to do, which is winning. It's a horrible culture. It's a horrible ownership, and we're going to be suffering and, and for I'm like another 30 years. I got, the, I got the Dallas Cowboys, and David, thanks for, for making me think of this. I'm, I got the Dallas Cowboys on TV, and everybody says that, you know, their owner is, is meddling. He's a meddling owner and all that, right? Everybody says that. Okay. Well, Well, then my question is, who told Robert Sala to start Joe Flacco this week after on Monday he was singing his praises? 48 hours later, it seemed to me that it was a directive where, okay, you're not starting him. Sorry, dude. Like, that's not a good a good scenario. That's not a good situation for a new head coach to be in, to be told what to do. I, I don't think so. The coach should play the player that he thinks is best. That's it. It gives him the best chance to win. I don't think it was Flacco. Caitlin, in the car, on the way home from the game. You're on the fan. So I had a quick question uh, that I would like your answer for. Um, would For the development of Zach Wilson, that's what this season has been all about, is would you rather see Joe Flacco, or as Zach Wilson, would you rather see Joe Flacco perform or Mike White? Wait a second. We're trying. Brian and I are trying to figure this out. It says Caitlin on the call screener. Caitlin called. Yeah, in. yeah. It's it's their friend speaking. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I want to talk to Caitlin. You want to talk to Caitlin? <laughs> she called for me because my phone is dead. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. So the question is, all right, we got to the bottom of it, Brian. Don't they worry. Should have just said his name. Then. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I, we we tried, we tried, but dude, <laughs> that we're getting pranked. All right. So the question is, I'm sorry, I missed the question because we're trying. So is it, it? I think the question is, are you starting Flacco when when Zach Wilson is healthy? Is that it? Well, so for the development of Zach Wilson, yes. uh, would you think it'd be beneficial for Mike White or Joe Flacco starting if you're sitting in, in Zach Wilson's yes. shoes? Okay, good question, and and that's a great question. So if I am Zach Wilson, and I can't speak for him clearly, I don't know him, I've never met him, but I, if, I am a, if I was a player in Zach Wilson's shoes, in his cleats, I've watched enough. 
I understand. I've been in these meetings. It's not like I've been out with COVID or whatever. I've been in these meetings. I've been studying my butt off all along. And I want to get in there and I want to play. I want to build my chemistry with my my wide receivers. I want I want I want all of it. So if I'm Zach Wilson, I'm saying like Keyshawn Johnson, give me the damn ball. And I hope that that's what this team does. You've got the veteran in the room to help you study, and I know he said he doesn't want to do that, but that would be his role at that point. That's what they're paying him for. But if I am Zach Wilson, I've studied enough. Let me get out there and let me prove myself. And uh, I think uh, I, I think that's the, what they're going to do. What do you guys? What would you do if you were in Zach Wilson's shoes? Would you want to sit and keep watching? Or would you want to get out there and play? 877-337-6666. The Fan is your station. We want to hear from you. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. (laughs) It's like all of these songs are dealing with the New York Jets. I want to be sedated. I mean, maybe Jets fans are still picking up the tissues after crying after this loss, after all of the losses, after what this season has become for this team. Just a gigantic, frustrating mess. Quarterback controversy purgatory, which is worse than quarterback controversy. Hell, if you ask me. I mean, you can't blame Joe Flacco. You know, you just can't. He, He was brought in. He was traded for. He had no say in it. He's just doing his job. This comes from above on why that why he was selected to start this game. I don't know what the plan is moving for for Mike White moving forward. I don't know. Zach Wilson will be will he be injury free and ready to play next week? I don't know. I mean, this is something we're all going to have to keep an eye on throughout this week. By the way, I'll be back on Thanksgiving morning with it with with you, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. So maybe we'll have an answer by then. Let's go to the phones at 877-337-6666 to Nutley, New Jersey. And Leo, you're up on the fan. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for taking my call. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, where do you start with these Jets? Do you start with, number one, the offensive line is like Swiss cheese. They can't protect anybody who would be back there anyway. Number two that there's no tight end on this team to even catch a ball or block. Three, well, I think Griffin oh, does an okay job. Hey, though. he's not. He's not a stat. Look, at, look, at look around the league, Kelsey. Look at these, line, uh, these tight ends. They're unbelievable. The Jets can't get one. They haven't had one since Mickey Schuler. Or how about our linebackers? Can't get to a quarterback, but then again can't turn around and cover a tight end anyway. So. Yeah. Where are our linebackers? C.J. Mosley, this great name that's supposedly unbelievable. What is he doing for us? Come on, yes, he makes a couple tackles here and there with his red hair flowing. That's awesome. Great. I think, obviously, the downfall with the Jets was Joe Douglas. Had all this money in the offseason, mm-hmm. what did he do with the money? Where did he go with it? And for your Flacco question... No, sit Flacco, or even get rid of Flacco. Mm-hmm. Let him go to another team. Let him go someplace where, let him go to the Panthers. Let him go somewhere. Let Wilson sit. Because-
because this offensive line is terrible. If you put him back there and he gets hurt, we have too much invested in this kid to get him hurt and be out next year. Well, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking too because I, I'm thinking that maybe they're just trying to buy time for Mackay Becton to be back for that's Zach Wilson kid. to come in. Where where is this kid? Yeah, hurt. Three hundred pound, whatever stud came in which, overweight. Yes, he did. Where is where's the discipline with the coaches to say get in shape and play the game? This kid should have been back two weeks ago. Maybe because he's overweight, he can't come back. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. Where's his heart? Is his heart in the game? We don't know because we don't hear anything about him. Mm-hmm. No one talks about this kid anymore. Mm-hmm. I just think you play white, see what you have in white. Maybe he could be the next Tom Brady, which I doubt ever. But maybe he could be a serviceable quarterback or package him with Mekhi Becton and this Marcus May, <laughs> another garbage player, and get him the hell out of here. Not White. I would like to keep White. But, I mean, if you could get something for him, a draft pick or a stud linebacker or a stud defensive end, which somehow, I don't know what happened. We don't, we don't use those people anymore. No. But get something in return. Don't give up a six-round pick for a journeyman quarterback who you had on your roster. Right. right. That's, that's ludicrous in my mind. And, again, 50-year Jet fan, been crying forever. And it's over. It's just, like Beningo used to say, the pain, the pain. It's just ridiculous. Yep. Thank you for taking my call, Danielle. Have a great night. Thanks for making it. Um, I taught my friend, my Buffalo Bills friend, at the, at the game last week. I, I pointed to the wall on, on the scoreboard, actually, and it said Jets. You know, I said, Christina, this is what this stands for. Ju- we're at the point. Just end the season. She looked at me and she was like, I never heard that before. I'm like, yeah, well, you're a Bills fan. <laughs> we should make something up for them, too. Uh, back in the day. Uh, the problem with Marcus May, shipping him out, his contract is is over with. He's done. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. Uh, I, I'm keeping Mekhi Becton. I'd like to see what happens when he cuts about 20 pounds uh, weight of weight. Um, Mike White, that's the whole thing. That's the whole crux of this whole thing. Maybe you could trade him for, for a serviceable something. Fill in the blank. But you're not going to know, and none of the other teams are going to know what he is until you put him in there to prove it, to show it. And that's the problem. The stubbornness, and, and I should, me, I should be talking, but the testadura of this organization that they won't just do it. They won't just put Mike White in, see what he's about, against a 3-7 and seven Dolphins team. You put him in against the Bills and you saw what happened, but you knew that's what was going to happen. They're the best defense in the league. Now you've got a 3-7 and seven Dolphins on your home turf. I, there's no reason to me why Mike White should not have been in this game whatsoever at all, period. Juan Tog, New York. Brady, you're up on a fan. Hey, Danielle, how's it going today? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Did that Bills defense just put up 41 today? Uh, you know, and they lost to the Colts. Yeah, so I don't think Mike White is the, the future going forward. I don't think Flacco is the reason they lost today. You know, I'd have I to think maybe I, that defense is what's the issue. You know, well, listen, I, I would I would like to look I would like to look and see what's going what went on in that game. Obviously I was watching the Jets do this show. I, I'd be real there there had to have been an injury or something in that game. There had to have been. It wasn't. I think it's just that Jonathan Taylor ran all over them today. And I don't think that maybe a Mike White was the one problem that the Jets had yesterday or last week, excuse me. I think maybe 
It was the whole Jets organization as a whole. If you look at the defense, well, the defense today, was terrible. What was? What, yeah, exactly. It's, Maybe it's, bring someone yeah. back that the that the Jets used to have. Maybe like who they used to have. They had Herm Edwards. Bring him back as decor. And he's been a great Arizona State. Let up twenty four points last night. <laughs> I mean Jeff Ulbrich, and if Brady, good point there. And if there, if there's a if there's a person that needs to to go, if there's a domino that needs to fall, whatever that expression is, it's Jeff Ulbrich. I mean he stands up there and he defends the fact that he's not making any significant changes. How could you not, Marcus May, the heart and soul of your defense, besides C.J. Mosley, right, the veteran, one of the only veterans on your defense, goes out with an injury in in Indianapolis, right in the, in the end zone in front of me, and you're not going to make a change. You've got a bunch of young guys, and you're not going to make a change. Like, like that logically doesn't make sense to me. And I just clicked on an article here. Jonathan Taylor set a franchise record by scoring five times, and he took over the NFL lead in both yards rushing and touchdowns in the Indianapolis Colts route of the unraveling, unraveling Buffalo Bills on Sunday. So, run defense. That's what, uh, that's what killed the Bills uh, on, uh, on this week. I'm just trying to see what the Jets' run def- run offense did statistically against them. The and, and and the Jets' run. I'm sorry, the Jets' run offense against the Bills because that's clearly the way to beat the Bills. Seventy total yards. That's not going to do it. That and, and one touchdown. That's not going to do it. That's the formula to beat the Bills. They they've shown their weakness and and it was it showed at the end of the of season last season. It did. That they can't stop the run and they can't run the ball themselves. They are a one-dimensional offense. So that's what happened. I'm a little surprised. I'll be honest. I'm a little surprised. Let's go to to oh up to Buffalo and Ken. You're up on the fan. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Of course, thanks for making it. Yeah, I just want to make a point about the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it necessary to bring in Rizzo or any other first baseman? What's wrong with Luke Voigt that we all grew up on? That one, you know the home run title, and he goes two for five just about every game he plays. I get he gets injured a lot, but well, cause you know, he, he's so young. He's a, his, his defensive skills are, are, are bad. That's why. And he's got a he's got a war of point three. I mean, he, he's not as good offensively as you're thinking that he is. That's the problem with him. Luke Voigt in the field doesn't make anybody better in the field. I was there at Yankee Stadium. I asked Kyle Higashioka. I said, and I know it wasn't you behind the plate, Kyle, but Gary Sanchez is thrown down to first base on a, on a pick play, sort of, where the first baseman came around the runner and surprised him. And you almost and, and you guys almost got him. Whose idea was that? Was it Gary Sanchez? He said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture to guess that it was Anthony Rizzo's. Anthony Rizzo makes guys better on that team. He is a, 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 right, a platinum glove first baseman. Luke Voigt, he has burned, not to mention the fact that Luke Voigt has burned all of the bridges. He, he will not be back in a Yankee uniform next year. I will tell you that right now. Do not count on Luke Voigt wearing pinstripes next season. Then the question then pivots to, is it Rizzo or is it Olsen? And we had this discussion last night, and I'll reiterate it again now. It depends on the philosophy of the team, of the Yankees, of, of, of Hal Steinbrenner. The way I would do it, the Danielle McCartan way, is to... Sign both Rizzo for money and Corey Seager for money. I don't think the Yankees are going to go that way. I think the Yankees would rather trade, uh, sign Seager for money, but trade prospects for Olsen. And Olsen's the better player. So if, if they're willing to, to part prospects to get him, part with prospects to get him, good. Do it. 
Olsen is better between the two of them. In my opinion. At least offensively. But both of them are our defensive upgrades over Luke Voigt. That's it. Done. Uh, let's do, yeah, let's go to the Brooklyn. To the Brooklyn. To Brooklyn. And uh, Salvatore. Sal, you're up on the fan. Hey, Daniel. How you doing? Hoping all is well. Oh, you too. Uh, listen, Luke Voigt stinks. Bottom line. I'm sorry to blow that last caller off. Yeah. If you're coming back with Luke Voigt, you're going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, with the Jets, same thing. I'm a 50-year Jet fan as well. And what does that do for me? Nothing but a swipe gets me on the train. So let's, let's, let's cut all of, those, all of these fans going crazy. We came into the season hoping to win maybe four to six games. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not going to win games. We're not good. So for anybody to come on the radio, kill the coach, kill the assistant, kill Beckton, kill the quarterback. Why are you playing Flacco? You're playing Flacco because he's a veteran presence that at least can help that youth up front to catch up to the speed of the game. Come on, people. They're going to win maybe four games. Maybe. That was supposed to be a Super Bowl team. They stink. What did they do today? Everybody made a big deal out of white. We beat Cincinnati. What did they do two games after we after the Jets beat them? Well, so to be on, fair, people, to be fair, he had a good relax. first quarter yeah. against the Colts before he got injured. That That's for sure. I, 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 Again, it's a hypothetical. He had a good first quarter. We don't know what the rest of the game would be. We don't. What's the coach do to Buffalo today? We don't. Yeah, but listen, we don't know what Mike White is. That's the big frustration. We that, do. No, we do because he's been cut before from other teams. We know what he's about. One but team, the, the Cowboys. And <laughs> they only got Dak Prescott, right? What did the Cowboys do without Dak? Where was he? Nowhere. Come on. Come on. Listen, Dak's Sal. not your future. He's not your future. No, I'm not saying Mike White is the future of the Jets. What I'm saying is the Jets could get something for him if he could figure out, if they could figure out what he is. He, but they're not going to figure you, out what he is if he's sitting on the bench. You're going to get maybe a 10th round draft pick for him. I know it's better than having nothing for him, but Mike White, please, all these Jets fans that are jumping on this kid's bandwagon. Let it go already. I mean, it could happen, but but, but Sal, did it not happen with Taylor Heineke? Did it not happen with him? Where, 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 what's happening with Heineke? Where is he? He came out of nowhere. I mean, where, where, He's the starter of the team. What's, what's Washington? What's their record? Where is he? What I'm saying is... Where it, is he in the league? Now, what are you telling me? Where is he? Is Washington a threat with Heineke? Are they really that dominant when you're saying this is my future? The, is that what you want? Sal, the what, Sal what I'm saying is... If the Washington football team had a quarterback, in, like like a Zach Wilson quarterback in front of him, they could absolutely trade him for, for something. But since they don't, he's their starting quarterback. Right, you're going to get it. Like I said, if you're going to get a tenth-round pick for him, that's it. Then good. Get it, then you know that. what, Sal? Good. It's better than giving up a sixth-round pick for a Joe Flacco type, isn't it? Well, listen, Flacco right now with a sixth-round pick that they inherited from another team, right now Flacco makes sense for them to get these young kids out there to catch up to the speed of the game, right? No, I, I disagree with that. No, I, I disagree with that. Them? Okay, all right, that's fine. We're, we're, we're allowed to disagree. We're allowed to agree to disagree. We're good. We're that's just having we have opinions. We're just having a conversation. I, I like it, Sal. I like Agreed. the fire. Agreed. I just, these, look, I'm, I, I died with this Jet team, and I apologize to my son for the last 34 years <laughs> that I gave him this team. I swear to God. Yeah. The Jets to come on and crush everybody and their mother. We know they stick. Hopefully they'll be good in two years. It's Hopefully. not happening this year, people. That's all. That's it. Sal, you got it. And, and listen, we talked before the season started. The over-under for the Jets, how many games to win this season for the Jets, was six. I had Cynthia Freeland and her model of 10 years that she created. She's the smartest person that I've ever had on this show. She said, 
Mm, yeah, Danielle, six is pretty accurate for this team. And they've underperformed. But their quarterback, the one that they drafted, has been out for a couple weeks. So that that has to be adjusted. The expectation has to be adjusted for this Jets team. More your calls, 877-337-6666. The fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, Hey, Alexa, play WFAN. Small things. Welcome back to my show. I am Danielle McCartan with you on the fan until 7.30 p.m. tonight. Jets fans, let it out. Here's a little small thing, a small nugget to take away from this game today. I saw uh, a quote online from Elijah Moore, and he said, the more games I get, the more comfortable I feel like I'm getting. Great. That's a great small thing to take away from from this Jets abysmal loss, the, the, the many that they've had this season. But the more... Reps he gets, the more comfortable he feels. Well, that's just logic, isn't it? So that leads me to the next point of if Zach Wilson is ready, you play him. That's it. The more reps he gets, the better he's going to feel. The more comfortable he's going to feel. That's it. But it's it's good to see Elijah Moore uh, feeling that way. He went off. He's been having a couple good games in a row now. Good. And that's a good sign. That's a positive sign. At least. A little positive sign for the Jets moving forward. We'll go back to your calls at 877-337-6666 in the order that you guys called. Livingston, Julian, you're up. Hey, how's it going, Danielle? I'm good. How are you, Julian? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just want to talk a little bit of Jet football with you. Yeah, let's do it. So, this whole quarterback situation, it's been the, the same thing for almost uh, a decade or so now. The last consistent quarterback I remember us having was Mark Sanchez. Yeah, right. Where you get a guy who looks like he could potentially be, you know, the the next serviceable guy for the Jets. Plays a couple of games, they take him out because he has one or two bad games, and then you never see or hear from him again. Mm-hmm. So what's it going to take for this football team to understand that, just like you said when you came back on the air, you need to give these guys reps. You need to give them time in the game and on the field in a professional setting, you know, the scrimmage uh, the scrimmage field can only do so much for a guy. I, I, Julian, I, I wish I had the answer to that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wish that, that I had the answer to it because that's the only way to learn. Well, it's one of the ways to learn. And I think Zach Wilson has sat long enough with the clipboard in his hands on the sideline and, and up in the box wherever he is. It's time to put him on the field. That's it. Yes, especially because he's been injured. You know, he's had the clipboard in his hands more than he's been on the field at this point. Yeah. So, I think it's time once uh, they decide he's ready, you know, get him suited up, get him back on the field, and put your faith in him. Because if you're not going to, who is? Right. Uh, Julian, that's that's a great question there. Um, And I I wish I had the answer to it. I I really do. I really wish I had the answer to it. Zach Wilson was the guy that they drafted to be the guy. They were supposed to learn all together in this season. All of it was supposed to come together enough so that next year they were supposed to take off. Or maybe even the year after that. The frustration among Jets fans, and, I, and everybody understood that. And I think the frustration among Jets fans, if I can categorize it, is the fact that it's it's not it's it's they look like they're regressing. That team looks like it is regressing. Call me up. Tell them. Tell me I'm wrong. Let's go to Vinny in New Jersey. You are up next on the fan. Hey Dale, what's up? How you doing tonight? You all right? I'm good, Vinny. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, still driving out here, working. Um. I heard earlier 
Uh, you said, you know, the just end the season is an acronym for the Jets. You said there should be one for the Bills, but there, we have one for the Bills. It's, it's boy, I love losing Super Bowls. <laughs> oh, I got to tell Christina that. I got to text you her know, that. I, I dedicate <laughs> that to Maggie. Let Maggie know, too. You know what I'm saying? Wait, say it one more time. Boy. Let Maggie, let Maggie during the day. Let her know, too. I know she's a Bills fan. She'll I, love it. I will tell her, too. But what is it? Boy, I like losing Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. I'm texting my friend right <laughs> now. <laughs> That's All right, awesome. Vinny, thanks for that. I'll send it to Maggie too. I'll say, you, Vinny from New Jersey said it. That's it. Tell her thank you for the shirt. I got a CMB shirt. Oh, cool. All right, I will tell her. I'll message her. All right, peace. All right, bye. There you go. See, ask and you may receive here. I love it. I can't wait to rub that in Christina's face. Take that. We'll go to John. He's in the car. John, where are you in the car right now? Right now, I am currently right over the GW Bridge, oh. heading to the Throgsack Bridge. Okay, how's the traffic look? I came over there before, and it was so like... <laughs> traffic. Traffic is tough, so it's it's hard to say it's hard to say t- positive right now. <laughs> it's okay. You, traffic, you're here. Traffic isn't as bad as the Jet game. So all right, what can I do for you? So listen, you know. It's it's hard to say positive, but we we don't have our quarterback right now. Right. We don't have our lines our our star lineman with Beckton. So it it's hard to really evaluate this team, but from what I'm seeing right now, they're they're putting their heart out on the field. They're 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 staying positive. You have Joe Flacco out there who's you know, he's a great you know, a great veteran. But he's not going to lead this team to anything right now. This game, it's saying it's saying something. And Salah's just got to keep these guys in check. He's got to keep these guys going. He's got to get the defense going a little bit. I, I mean, I, he could definitely get the defense going a little bit more than what they're doing right now. I mean, CJ Mosley could definitely keep on going a little bit more than what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they could, they could definitely keep on – going forward and uh, they got Houston coming up they got Miami again I know it's in Miami but like yeah. they could win these games well and that's the thing and I checked last night and John and thanks for the little bit shot of optimism here before we send this to break here but I, the one thing John and and stay stay sane over there in the traffic the one thing I will say and I looked this up last night it probably has changed just a little bit but the Jets have the if you're looking at strength of schedule remaining the Jets have the second easiest in the league strength of schedule remaining that that would be and and I'm not saying the Jets are making the the playoffs because they're not that was never an expectation from me from this show anyway ever that the Jets are going to make the playoffs but if you can rattle off a couple wins string maybe two or three together to, to end the season against these teams which are the uh categorized as having the the second worst winning percentage in the league I mean, I think that's a positive. And if your quarterback number two, Zach Wilson, is doing it, I think it's positive. So Pete McCarthy has an update for you guys. And uh, and if you want to get get aboard at 877-337-6666, we've got a special guest, TJ Reeves, Buccaneers sideline. The fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, play WFAN.
to Danielle McCartan. Danielle at dinner time, potentially here at 6 p.m. on this Sunday evening here in New York City. It's a beautiful day. At least that's the silver lining. If you were at the Jet Game today, it was a beautiful day out. I think it reached 55, 56, 57 degrees. Sunshine weather, beautiful. Some of you guys uh, called up before saying that you went to the game with your, your son who's home from college or your 11-year-old son who was wearing Chicago Bears gear, which is no better, which is beautiful. I love that. But the fact of the matter is this Jets team is no good. It's not good. And for you Giants fans, hang in there. At 620, I'm going to have the Tampa Bay Bucks radio sideline reporter, TJ Reeves, great friend of the show. He'll be joining us at 620 to break down that game. I'll give you my my prediction for the Giants on Monday Night Football coming up shortly thereafter. But it's been a Jets show because, you know what, the Jets ended, I was on the air, and, and here's where we're at. I've got a, a, a couple of tweets, one asking, probably the most recent one uh, that I've been able to get through, 29 minutes ago, um, Speed Force is the name on Twitter. What has Robert Sala done to reserve, to deserve a year two is the question. Well, the fact of the matter is this. He is, like, like I put myself in his, his shoes. To be a first-time head coach, you, especially in this market, but that aside, you, you're, you're taking on challenges that you never thought you'd have before ever. Like, like it, it, it's just nothing, no one could teach you what it's like. Like, you're, you have an immense learning curve. And I think the Jets fans understood that at the beginning of the season. And I'm wondering where it's changed. Because, yes, the defense is terrible. But Robert Sala is the head coach and he's got play callers in his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. If there's a change to be made, it should be in, in a new defensive coordinator who is very stubbornly telling everybody that he's not changing. And that's not good because this defense is historically bad. Like, really bad. I said it in the open, and if you missed it, the Jets' defense right now, well, actually, I, I shouldn't say right now because I haven't had a chance to re-up all my things, but coming into today, Okay, just a couple hours ago, they give up the most opponent points per game in the whole league. They give up, the, like, by far and away, the most opponent yards per game. They are the worst in the league at, at giving other teams the attempt to score in the red zone. They are second to last in the league in opponent passing yards per game. Opponent completion percentage, they're 28th. I mean, the best category that I could find for this Jets defense was that they are ranked 29th in opponent rushing yards per game. So if you're going to make any sort of change, you don't start at the head coach and making a change, especially for a guy that, that's been on the job for, what, uh, nine weeks? Uh, technically, I guess it's 11 weeks, but they did have a bye, so 10 weeks. There's a lot of things that he does that I don't like. Deferring the coin toss. They finally put the offensive coordinator in the booth. But these are all things that you kind of have to learn on the fly. No one teaches you this. So for that reason, and the fact that I think, what's his deal, five years? So the Jets are going to be paying him anyway. Give him one more year. Not to mention the outfit in this, this little room that I'm in right now with one glass wall. I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> The fact that his the quarterback that the Jets drafted, the future of the Jets, Zach Wilson, they were enamored by him. They love Zach Wilson. Blah, blah, blah. Zach, 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 number two, Zach. Okay. He hasn't played in a game 
since October 24th. That's significant. The fact of the matter is, that's significant. So for that reason, you give Robert Sala one more year. If we are sitting here today, a year from now, and it looks the same, then there's a big issue. Then I've got an issue. But if you're paying him anyway, if he's been without his starting star quarterback, which hasn't been good, Zach Wilson has not been good. Consistently good, I should say. I mean, his his completion percentage is, is 57%, which is bad. His, his quarterback rating is 63.5, which is bad. But there's a lot of adjustment. There's, there's a lot of adjustment. And if you thought this team was, was going to... I don't know what you thought this team was going to be. But they weren't making the playoffs. I, they weren't. And right now, they're 2-8. and eight. And they've got the... I'll look it up. Tankathon, strength of schedule remaining, the updated. They now have the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL remaining. They've got the Texans, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, and the Eagles are listed as one of the easiest opponents. You tell me that they can't win three of those games if everything works the right way. Or even two out of those three. And that would make four wins on the season, five wins on the season. I think you told me at the beginning of the season, you take it. You would take that. So that's why I think Robert Sala deserves a year two. Because you can't fire a head coach after... Technically, 10 games in 11 weeks. You just can't do it. All right, in the order that you guys called, uh, James in North Arlington. You're up on the fan. James, are you there? Uh-oh. Oh, I hear a little something. James. All right, I got to let you go, James. You got to call back. You got to even call back. Uh, to Wontog, we go. Tom, you're on the fan. Yeah, how you doing, Danielle? I'm good. How are you, Tom? All right, I'm doing good. So I just want to talk about the Jets organization at a high level. You know, they, they, they bring in Joe Douglas, who's supposed to be this ace who was part of the Philly front office when they won their Super Bowl. And they bring in Robert Salah, who's supposed to be this big motivator for the team. And they, they go out and they take Zach Wilson. And so far, not so good for this for this new direction that we're headed in. I mean, they got crushed by the Patriots. They got crushed by the Bills. I mean, the 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 Colts game, they scored a couple of garbage-time touchdowns. Right, I was the there for that. That, that score was absolutely deceiving. They got crushed by the Colts, you could say it, yes. They got crushed by the Colts. Yeah. And they've had three demoralizing losses, locker room killers. And, you know, in the business world, they always talk about you know, direction, leadership from the top and tone from the top and winning organizations and winning cultures. And right now, the problem is, is they have a losing culture. And there doesn't seem to be any sign that that is changing. The winds are changing directions there. Mm-hmm. They keep the, having these embarrassing primetime losses. And, and when they play teams that they can beat, like the Dolphins at home, they don't win these games. And it really makes you question, is this the direction that we want to be going? And, you know, it's only the first game. It's only Robert, you know, Robert Sala's first year. It's like you said, it's way too early. But so far, so not good. I know. And I, and I feel it. I know it's not, it's, it's not good. And I get it. And they're 2-8. and eight. That's not good. 
And I understand that there hasn't been any sort of improvement, but it's just been so disjointed. Offensively, I'm speaking. It's just been so disjointed that, that how could you? How could you fairly assess this offense without the guy that they drafted to be the guy? I know it's not – you can't. It's The answer is you can't. You can't fairly assess this offense. So I would give Zach Wilson, you know, hopefully he'll be back next week. You give him a week to get, you know, game, back to a half to get back to game speed, and then you can start to really assess what's going on here. But I think the most disappointing thing of it all is the way this defense has been playing. Right, and Robert Sala is this rah-rah guy. That's what everybody was told, right? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Robert Sala walked in and said, all gas, no breaks. What did I tell you? What did I tell you after that press conference? I said, even NASCARs have brakes on them. Everybody bought into this whole hype of all gas, no brakes. And I said, hey, I'm here to pump the brakes. Even NASCARs, which are built to go fast, have brakes on them. I had to look it up. I had to be really sure. But yes, they do. So it's it's like this whole hype mobile Right, it's the whole hype mobile that all gas, no brakes. Here we go. The fact of the matter is, the Jets have the youngest, if not the youngest, real close to it, average age, youngest team in the league. I mean, they're close to having rookies play nine thousand snaps cumulatively. Like that's unheard of. It's unheard of. There's a lot of growing growing pains, and and maybe that wasn't the right way to construct the team from the outset. But that doesn't fall on Robert Sala's shoulders, does it? Now. Okay, back to North Arlington. James, you're back on. Oh, hi. Thanks for hey. being on. Uh, well, one thing for sure, you're a breath of fresh air. Oh, well, thanks. And what I've noticed, oh, listen, this is a well-deserved compliment, but what I've also noticed on the fan is that you, there's a lot of new people on, on the fan, a lot of new breath of fresh air. And here you are talking about the Jets, and who knows, maybe the Jets really just need to go so much in a different direction that they may just maybe should just have to basically clean house. Not I mean like today, but when they go out to hire new people, just like the fan has basically really sort of hired. I guess some a lot of people now. I guess you guys are like part time guys and girls, got women and men. Uh, you, you were part time and now you're full. Well, we're not full time yet, but you're going full time. I think the Jets need to maybe. I don't want to say go down to the high school level, but I'll tell you something. There's probably a lot of competent people out there that can coach, and maybe they really just have to basically come up with a new, basically a new way to do things. But, but everything else seems not to have worked. But wasn't that wasn't that what Robert Sala was? He, you know, Adam Gase was the offensive mind, the guru. But he's not new. He 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 he, he, was an, he was an ingrained, established uh, uh, coach, uh, not a head coach. In other words, they're, they're always picking people that have basically been in the league and I don't think they reorganized their whole their whole staff it's, it's almost like the Mets I mean I mean they have a new owner but yet they still are keeping a lot of people around that that sort of have been part of the losing and it seems like you sometimes need to basically clean house and sort of come in with all new people and, and, and I'm a fan to, to their credit WFAN they haven't been afraid to get rid of well, I say I'm sorry, not get rid of. That's the wrong word. Retire a lot of the old host, and now you have a breath of fresh air, basically over the whole station, and you guys' ratings have never been higher. 
I like the analogy, James. I do. I do. And I'm not sure where to go with this because I understand now what you're saying to to just go completely and find somebody. But there's a danger in that, too. I mean, that person can fall flat on their face, too, no matter who it is. I understand what you're saying. On, and you just really would have to get to know that person on, on a personal level to know that, that that's not what's going to happen. I, I get that. But Robert Sala was the anti-Gase. Adam Gase was the offensive guru. Robert Sala is the defensive mastermind. Doesn't show. He's also not making the play calls. I know he could pop into meetings and stuff like that. And the Cowboys just picked off Patrick Mahomes, by the way. Score, Chiefs 16, Cowboys 3. They're in the third quarter, by the way. Go to Long Island. Anthony, you are up next on the fan. How you doing, Danielle? I'm good. How are you, Anthony? Uh, I'm just exhausted. Yeah. I really, I just, I've been driving home from these games for six to eight years now as a season ticket holder with my family, and I'm just tired. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing over and over and over again. It's just like, when does it change for us, man? I look, I look at all these teams, the Patriots and all these teams. It's just like, it's amazing to see all these teams turn it around and turn it around. And then, and every day I'm coming home on the turnpike for hours watching this team and we're just losing, losing and losing. It's just, and I thought Solid was the real deal. I thought Joe Douglas was the real deal. I thought Wilson was the real deal. And obviously Wilson did play tonight, but I'm just tired of this. I'm just so tired of watching the same thing over and over again. We can't figure it out, mm-hmm. and I'm tired. And I really hope we get to that point where we can finally figure it out and I feel good about myself. Every Monday when I wake up, I am so tired on Monday mornings because we can't figure it out, and I'm driving home, and I'm exhausted. But when are we going to figure it out, Danielle? Can you please tell me when we're going to figure it out? Um, Anthony, I, I, I thought you might might break down and cry there. No, don't, don't cry. I'm sure there's, you know, the Jets used to make me cry for a long time. I stopped. I hardened. I'm, I'm a hardened Jet fan, I guess you could say. But um, when will it turn around? Uh, I guess the best answer I can give is when there's some stability on that team from the top down. Stability with good people. And I hate to say it, but, but look at the Patriots. Bill Belichick, still there. Tom Brady was there for most of my life. Tom Brady was the quarterback of the Patriots. And they won. They had a system. They built the system. And it worked. The Jets have yet to find the right people at the general manager position. They have yet to find the right person at the head coach's position. And and the rest of the trickle-down coaching staff from there. And everybody knows that they have yet to find the quarterback. So when the Jets are going to turn the corner is when they have a little bit of stability from the top down. So all of the calls to, to get rid of and do this and fire and, and you're fired and, and all this, it, it's not helping the team. It's not going to help Zach Wilson to fire Robert Sala today because then he's just going to have to learn a whole new offensive scheme, a whole new language, if you will, with a brand new coach. Like, it's, it doesn't work that way. It's not that easy. Not that I've ever done it, but I've, I've talked to people who have done it, and it, it's not easy. So, on that very somber note, we're going to have TJ Reeves, who maybe will pump some hope into some Giants fans around here 
Uh, and, of course, after him, we'll take some Giants calls. So TJ Reeves, the sideline reporter for the Bucks Radio Network, is joining us next here on The Fan. Be part of the show. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. Danielle, excuse me, at dinner time here on The Fan in New York City. And joining us now is a great friend of the show, TJ Reeves, who is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio sideline reporter. You know that I like getting the other team perspective on our teams. So this is beautiful. This is perfect. Monday Night Football, Bucks giants We've got TJ on the radio. TJ, thank you for coming. Thanks for coming back, and welcome. Always good to be with you, by the way. For the record, after this conversation is over, it is chicken marsala tonight, dinner in the Reeves household since it's dinner with Danielle. Good to be with you. (laughs) Paul Rosenberg and I were just talking about, I got some little bites of in front of me for right now. I was going to say, you know, is it delivery? Is it heat something up in the microwave there while you're working the show? And during the NFL games, I applaud you greatly, although you can keep people up to date on their gambling woes and their fantasy football as the show goes on. Well, quick update for Giants fans right now. The Chiefs are leading the, the uh, Cowboys 16-6 to here in uh, in the eight minutes left in the third quarter. So that's good news. TJ, yeah, the Cowboys just kicked a field goal a minute ago, and they don't look like the Cowboys that we saw smoke the Atlanta Falcons last week. I mean, this is a week-to-week league. I mean, we're going to get into it right now, I'm sure, where the Buccaneers – uh, I called it a stink bomb. They had a stink bomb game last week in Washington. And so everybody down here is concerned that is that going to carry over to Monday Night Football with a Giants team that had the week off. And I honestly, as we sit here tonight, don't really know what to expect from the Giants. You've had two weeks to prepare. And the Bucks, you would hope, are better than what we saw in the first part of the game last week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so let's let's backtrack a little bit. Bucks, they're coming off that ten point loss to the Washington football team, who were three and six at the time. Uh, how is my question? Well, they were good, Washington, at the beginning of the game, and especially as the game wore on in the fourth quarter. And the Bucks were not good at the beginning; really, only good for a couple of parts of the of the second quarter and the fourth quarter. And as we are seeing week to week in this league, if you are not ready to go, the other team gets paid too. The other team has paid professionals. I mean, look at what happened. I'm not trying to deflect. I'm not trying to deflect on dinner with Danielle. Look at what happened to Tennessee at home today with an awful Houston team. In the rain at home, Houston beat them up and down that field in Nashville as a 1-18. If you are not ready, you're going to get beat. And Washington has Taylor Heineke who can move around, make some plays, they outplayed the Buccaneers, and that's got to be a concern for Daniel Jones to bring this back to tomorrow night, that the Buccaneers have had some problems with some mobile quarterbacks in the past. If Jones can not only run for some yards but extend some plays with his feet, that could be problems for the Buccaneers' defense. TJ, where is the swagger level of this team? Because those post-game pressers were not a happy place. No, not at all. We love the, the honesty, the refreshing honesty, especially from Bruce Arians where he said we were dumb. They had too many penalties, too many turnovers last week. And uh, he is a beloved coach down here, obviously playing with house money after winning the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about that. His players love him for the honesty, good and bad. And he laid it on the line and even said, blame us, blame the coaches. He said, we didn't have this team as focused as what we needed to be. So they're looking to erase that. But, yeah, it was a little salty in the postgame, including Tom Brady Mm -hmm. the, the last time that, uh, he did a post game was last Sunday night at this time, seven nights ago, 
where I'm a big fan of the Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie movie where they had to steal the 50 cars in one night, gone in 60 seconds. That's a 20-year-old movie. Your audience, a lot of your audience will get that reference. I'm a big 80s and 90s guy. Well, the Brady Press Conference was 70 seconds. So I dubbed it as Gone in 70 Seconds, the sequel. He was in there for three questions, 70 seconds, and was none too happy uh, after the loss. Hopefully he uses that as motivation, and we'll see if it translates into Monday night and playing well against the Giants. Well, hopefully not. But, you know, Tom Brady hasn't lost three games in a row since 2002, where he actually lost four (laughs) in a row. TJ, this is the, the best question I have for you. Being in that building with him all week long, how would you categorize the mentality of Tom Brady right now? Oh, I think he's locked in. And the scary, the scary thing is he was locked in the week before, before the Washington football team game. And so they had a sharp practice. He, he I'm sure, behind the scenes in the meeting room, et cetera, is going over the mistakes, including his own, and saying to these guys, listen, we, we have everything right in front of us to win on Monday Night Football and basically be in position to be the number one or the number two seed right now. Green Bay lost today. Dallas is losing tonight. The, uh, the Arizona Cardinals are in a dogfight with Seattle right now. They could lose. If that is the case, if all of that holds up, then the Bucks with a win are right in the thick of things for the top seed. So you better be focused. Uh, I do know um, that, that in talking to several uh, members, not only the coaching staff, but different guys that are around, he is, he is saltier after losses in terms of details, preparation, extra time in the film room, or whatever. I anticipate that that was the same thing here, especially late in the week, to be ready to go for Monday night. You're listening to TJ Reeves, Tampa Bay Radio uh, sideline reporter for the Bucks here on The Fan. Um, I, I, I kind of perused the injury list. Um, my, I guess first, how effective is Gronkowski really going to be in this game? No one knows. It's a good question, and he tried to play two weeks ago before the bye week against the Saints and was only out there for the first series for about five plays. They tried to throw it to him in the end zone. He has been battling back spasms in addition to the broken ribs. He suffered broken ribs in the week three game with the Rams and had been on uh, the sideline basically with that rib injury for five games until the Saints game. He tried to play, had a bad back, aggravated the back, now could not play in that game with the Washington football team last week. He's had a couple of weeks, had a good week of practice. But as we sit here and talk about 24 hours before the game begins, I don't know how long and how effective he can play. Can he play 20 plays? Can he play 30 or 40 plays? I think that remains to be seen. And I'll tell you where they really miss him. He has been a really good blocker last season. And they, they are not able to run some of the same stuff they want to run because he's really physical as a blocker, and the backup tight ends aren't as good. So Gronk is a maybe. The other injury that's interesting is Sean Murphy Bunting, one of the starting defensive backs uh, for this team on the Super Bowl run, has been hurt the whole year. Got hurt in the first half of the Dallas game with a dislocated elbow. Ouch. He is expected to come off injured reserve, be activated, and be ready to go for Monday night. That's a shot in the arm for the secondary, which has really given up a lot of yards and a lot of points. So we'll see. If that injury situation works out well, we'll see how long Gronk can go. We'll find out. TJ, you and I have talked about the importance of Vita Vea yeah. uh, on that team. He's listed yeah. as doubtful. I guess, A, do you think he's going to suit up? And B, could you explain his importance to that defense to the Giant fans listening right now? So he got hurt in the fourth quarter on the final drive last week with a knee injury. And I was right down there in my sideline roll inside the five-yard line looking right at him getting bent over and you were scared this is season-ending type stuff. You never know. They brought the card out. They carted him off. 
It looks, it looks to not be serious. They believe it is a week-to-week thing. I am no doctor. I'm just playing one with you on WFAN. I don't believe he's going to try to play tomorrow night just out of the concern of you could easily re-injure this and make it worse by trying to play quicker than resting a week or west, resting maybe a couple of weeks. Again, that's me saying that to you. He is listed as doubtful. He has not been able to practice this week. Huge run stuffer up the middle. The guy is as big as a school building. He will take on double teams and at times have to be triple team to free up the guys outside. So if he cannot play, it is huge for the Bucks' ability to stop the run and to also kind of force the Giants uh, into trying to make some guesses as to who to one-on-one pass protect on the outside. So we'll see about Vita Vea. Not likely that the former number one pick is going to be able to play a defensive tackle for the Bucks. We'll see. Yeah, that's huge news. We're talking with TJ Reeves, Tampa Bay Bucks radio sideline reporter here on The Fan. Uh, from a Giant perspective now, TJ, um, what aspect of the Giants are the Bucks most concerned about? I think it has to be, the, again, the mobility of Daniel Jones because we saw this with Taylor Heineke last week. Uh, we've seen it a couple of other times already this season that it bothers them. Jalen Hurts bothered them in the Thursday night game comeback. They, they almost came back from 21 down to tie the Buccaneers up. They had the ball, and the Bucs stopped them uh, at the very end of the game on Thursday night football because of his wheels. So that's, that's probably a big concern. Again, you guys have a better feel for is Saquon Barkley going to be able to play? Again, he hasn't played in, what, a month? with the injured ankle or longer, and and how effective can he be, how long can he play in this game or not. But, uh, you know, I, again, I believe that the biggest thing, at least offensively for the Giants, is is Daniel Jones going to make some plays, or will Daniel Jones make some mistakes? Will he give the ball away a couple of times? If he gives the ball away a couple of times, the Buccaneers are likely going to roll in this game. So you mentioned Saquon, and I know there isn't much film to study on him this season in this offense, but it might not matter because the Bucks have a great run defense. I guess is the game plan for the Bucks to stop the run and make Daniel Jones beat them, beat them with his yes. arm? Yes, and they've yeah. been fantastic at it. They've only allowed a hundred or more yards rushing twice so far this season. In fact, uh, it's a rarity when somebody can get beyond 60, 70, 80 yards in the game. But Barkley's a good pass catcher right. as well, and the Buccaneers better be ready for that. Devin White, the outstanding uh, middle linebacker, uh, the former number one pick out of LSU. De- Levante David, the perennial pro bowler linebacker. Those guys are going to be busy if Saquon is out there, whoever it is in the backfield, uh, whether it's Devontae Booker or whoever it is. They, they better be ready for Daniel Jones to throw them the ball some. As a pass catcher, that's going to be another big key. We're talking about T.J. Reeves, Tampa Bay Bucks radio sideline reporter. T.J., um, from your, your perch there on the sideline, which specific matchup will you be keeping your eye most closely on at Raymond James Stadium? I think I'll be fascinated to watch what Leonard Williams on the defensive line can do, at yep. least inside on the Bucks. The Bucks have a really good uh, interior of their offensive line with center Ryan Jensen and a very underrated guard. Uh, who's from New York, from Hobart College, a Division Three school, Ali Marpet, outstanding inside guard. Can those guys get Williams and the defensive lineman block? Are the Bucks able to run the ball a little bit, especially early on in the game with Leonard Fournette? Uh, if they are not able to run against that front four, if not the front seven of the Giants, that can create some problems. That's a place where New York can put the pressure on the Tampa Bay a play calling of Byron Leftwich and on Tom Brady for second and long, third and long situations by stopping the run. So I'm fascinated to watch that coming up on Monday night. Knowing what you know about having watched every single down of Bucks football this season, 
can you give Giants fans some hope? Like, if they're watching the game and they're like, okay, this is what's going on. TJ Reeves said this is what's happening. The Giants are going to win this game. What would that be? Buccaneers make mistakes with penalties and turnovers. They were very benevolent against Washington and made the mistakes. Same thing in the Superdome with the Saints in that loss where they had three turnovers in that game and a bunch of penalties. So if you see penalties and turnovers, the Giants are going to have a great chance to win. And again, I come back to, is Daniel Jones able to make plays, not just running for a first down or running 20 or 30 yards, but extending plays, keeping them alive, moving around in the pocket, rolling out, and making throws. If those things are happening, the Giants will likely be in the game. And I know last year was last year, but Bruce Arians has said this all week. Hey, they've gone back and watched the Monday night tape from a year ago, and the Giants were right in that game and in the second half. The Bucks had to battle uh, tooth and nail to win it. So uh, they expect the same thing here from the Giants, who, who clearly off the off week are going to probably come up with some different things that they've been working on while they've been away from everybody. So, and, and the one more factor, everybody realizes the Bucks are the defending champs. You're going to get everybody's best shot. So you're going to get the Giants' best shot mm-hmm. here tomorrow night. And if the, if the Giants play smart, and don't turn it over, they're going to have a chance to stay in the game, Daniel. Well, that's what the Bucks are thinking. But TJ Reeves, I'm asking you, ultimately, how does this game play out? And do you have a score prediction for us? Well, the bottom line is that the Buccaneers need this one badly. And I believe they will score on the Giants' defense, and it may be close. But I'll ultimately take Tampa Bay something like 31-24. Uh, something like 28-20, something along those lines, a touchdown victory. I think the Giants will put some points on the board, but ultimately Brady and the Bucks will bounce back, will get to 7-3, and three, and all will be right with the world down here. Everybody will stop talking about two-game losing streak, and now you're going to be pointing towards the stretch run of the season. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. We shall see, and, and hopefully the uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks can go one more loss before they snap that losing streak. Uh, <laughs> You hope that, but in the Reeves household, we want to have a happy Thanksgiving week. So we need a Buccaneer win. You can hope for what you want to hope for with the FAN audience. We'll hope for a Buccaneer win. Deal? Oh, you got it. Uh, and TJ, enjoy your chicken marsala dinner. I'm jealous. Send, <laughs> send me some up this way. <laughs> we might have to do that. You guys be well. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. Happy Thanksgiving to the fan audience. Thanks, TJ. Appreciate it. You too. And that was TJ Reeves. Tampa Bay Bucks radio sideline reporter joining us here on the fan. Great friend of the show. Obviously very knowledgeable. Listen, he's given us the Bucks perspective. I'm going to give and a prediction. And coming up right in two seconds here, in, in two minutes, I'm going to give you my Giants analysis, my Giants prediction. Can the Giants upset the Bucks on Monday Night Football? Well, you'll hear from me coming right up after the break. The fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, hey, Siri, play WFAN. Welcome back to Danielle McCartan. I guess it it is at dinner time. The Reeveses are eating some chicken marsala. Uh, I I had some little bites. Uh, I'll I'll have two slices of pizza when I get home. Uh, I've already left him out on the counter. Welcome back, you guys. I'm here with you for about another uh, 45 minutes or so here on The Fan, taking you up till uh, till 7.30. So TJ Reeves gave the, 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 the sideline reporter for the Buccaneers just gave some Giants fans some hope for this Monday night football game. Um, and he, here's my prediction. Here's my analysis coming right up. Hey, I almost nailed the Jets game, by the way. Almost nailed it. Almost. All right, Monday Night Football. Here we go. Giants fans, I want you to give me a call. Do you think this team 
could beat the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. You tell me. 877-337-6666. The three and six Giants head down south. There's a Carrie Underwood song. It's called Head a Little Southbound, Southbound. I love her. All right. Anyway, the Giants are southbound. Six and against the six and three NFC South leading Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defending Super Bowl champion Tom Brady led Buccaneers. All right, all right. I always start when I look at these things with the injury report. Scan the injury report. I see that the biggest name on there for either team, I think, is defensive captain Logan Ryan. Tested positive for COVID. That is a huge blow to the Giants defense. You've also got a Bucks offense that has Antonio Brown out. Gronk listed as questionable. TJ Reeves, he just told you he doesn't know what to expect from Gronk and, and, and how long, how many downs, how many snaps they can get out of him. And even if he does play, I'm going to ask you, how much are you going to see of him with a banged up back, coming off the broken ribs and, and whatever? Missed four games, the guy did. And he's getting older. So I don't know how effective Gronk will be even if he does play. Over the last two games, both losses, Tom Brady has thrown an uncharacteristic four interceptions. And the Giants clearly have the formula and the blueprint to beat a Tom Brady-led team. It happened twice in the Super Bowl. This season, the Giants have the 13th best in the league, best quarterback rating allowed, which is a 92.4. And they're tied for having the eighth best yards per attempt. Eighth lowest, I guess, yards per attempt for the opposing quarterback. I would argue, though, that those numbers are, are inflated with many poor performances at the, at the first couple weeks of the season. You remember how terrible that defense was. We talked about it here. So those numbers, I think, are a little bit high. Because I think, to me... The Giants have kind of sort of turned it around. To me, the way that this Giants team will win this game is for Leonard Williams to play out of his mind and for Daniel Jones to continue along the the trajectory that he's had over the past three games. And and in those past three games, he's had a a quarterback rating of 95 or more in all three of his most recent games. That's good. Also good is the fact that the Bucks' pass defense isn't really great. Vita Vea, TJ doesn't think he's going to be playing. TJ Reeves, sideline reporter for the Bucks, doesn't think he's going to see. We're going to see Vita Vea in the game tomorrow. That is absolutely great news for the Giants. That would wipe just about three solo tackles off the board, over three combined tackles per game off the board. That's a big difference making. You know whether he's going to be in or not. It's not trending towards he's going to be in. So that's good news for the Giants. You know, the Bucks defense with Vita Vea got after Tyler Heineke last week. They sacked him five times. They hit him eight times. But if Daniel Jones could just go down, and he will, but protect the ball when he does, the Giants are going to be all right, I think. Because despite that, despite being sacked five times, despite being hit eight times with Vita Vea in the game, Taylor Heineke finished with a 110.4 rating. That's good. I am, though, concerned about the return of Saquon Barkley. I'll tell you why. Because this Giants offense 
had been clicking with Devontae Booker in there. He was, you know, currently coming off the best game of his entire career against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm just worried that inserting a new player into that whole fold, no matter who you are, just inserting somebody else, another body, another person into that fold is going to mess with the chemistry that, that has been building for this team. I think, though, I think Saquon and, and the running game of the Giants is going to be a non-factor either way, right? I can't believe I said that, but the Bucks have a really good rush defense, you know, with Vita Vejer without him. They allow, in the league, the second least yards per carry and the second least total yards, rushing yards per game. That's kind of sort of bad news for Daniel Jones, too, because his legs have helped him out, too. This game, I'm telling you, is going to be predicated on if Leonard Williams can get after Tom Brady and rip him to the ground, and if Daniel Jones can throw the ball successfully. Those are the two prongs that I think need to happen for the Giants to win this game. With that said, my logical head score prediction, the, the model that I use says that the final score is going to be Bucks 31, Giants 20. That's, that's the model that I've been using all along. Bucks 31, Giants 20. Tom Brady has only lost three games in a row. One time, once in his illustrious career. And it was a four-game losing streak back in 2002. And I've told you, we talked about before how these night games, Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, they're always a little tricky to pick. For whatever reason, they're always a little tricky to pick. And I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to defy all logic. All math, all logic, and I'm picking this game with my heart this week. I cannot tell you why. I'm going Giants 27, Bucks 24. Final answer, Giants 27, Bucks 24. Again, that's the heart pick. The mind pick says it's going to be a blowout by 11. Is what my mind is saying. My heart is saying the Giants are going to win by three. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think this Bucks team is is not, you know, the championship caliber Bucks team. Although they did start slow last year too, but it's week eleven. It's week eleven. So my head says the Giants are going to lose by eleven. My heart says the Giants are going to win by three. I can't explain it. I'm defying all logic, I know. Giants 27, Bucks 24. Actually, I felt this way for a while. I put, uh, I don't even know, five bucks maybe. Five bucks on the Giants to win. I always just play the money lines. I think I have five bucks on the Giants to win on the money line for this game. I did it a while ago, and I, and I bet, not really, but I said to my friend, I said, and he texted me today. And, uh, Mom says, no. Okay, Mom. No, my friend Tyler texted me today, and he said, uh, what did he say? Ten, uh, at 11.23 this morning, he said, still think the Giants are winning today? I said, not today, but they're going to win tomorrow. And then he said, when are you on the radio next after the game? 
Oh, why? Because he's going to call up and say, oh, you were wrong. That's fine. He said, I can't wait to call and gloat about how I was right after the Giants lose by three touchdowns. I said, oh, hold on. Let me drop off a Jets jersey on my way to the radio station for you today. He said, nope, I'm just a Giants fan who realizes that they don't beat anyone on Monday Night Football. So you tell me what you think. 877-337-6666. Are the Giants going to come away with the victory here? Yes or no? Why or why not? I feel like I'm in class. Why or why not? Back up your answer. Show your work. <laughs> um, I can't explain it. I just, I just think that I think they're going to pull it off. And I've got cousins that live down there in Tampa. I'm surprised, Danny, that I haven't heard from you yet. Talking some smack. I'm surprised. I mean, he must be busy. Oh, actually, he was away for a work trip. That, that's why. I don't know. I'm not sure when he comes home, but I'll, sure, I'll be sure I'll be getting text messages from him about the Bucks. I'm sure. And my other cousins down there have season tickets. So they are all in on the Bucks. I think they might be disappointed. To Brooklyn we go. Lewis, you're up on the fan. Hi. Um, I, I'm a Cowboys fan, and we almost beat the Bucks the first game. Mm-hmm. They had a, you know, they missed some easy field goals, but also at the end, the ref did not call a blatant offensive pass interference that led to their winning field goal. So I think the Giants do have a chance. On any given day, right? You know, anything could go on. You know, it's the the, the bounce of the ball, which direction, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I think that you could beat the Giants, could beat the Buccaneers. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. That coming from a Cowboy fan there, Lewis. Yeah, well, 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 what's the latest? I, I heard it was 16-6. I'm afraid to listen or... Uh... Uh, I was going to ask you what you think. The score is 19-9. to That's like a weird score. Imagine having that oh, in your wow. Super Bowl box pool, 19 at 9-9. Nine and nine. Okay, so any, <laughs> still in it. Anything, look, you know, I thought, whatever, we'll see. It's funny because the Cowboys either are explosive or they're not. I, I know. Know, like, I know. But they, I enjoy your show, Daniel. Keep it up. You're doing a great job. Thanks. I appreciate that. Especially from uh, That's like the ultimate compliment to get from from the, a fan of the other teams outside of New York. So I appreciate you <laughs> tuning in. I, I really appreciate sure. that. <laughs> Thanks there, Lewis. And the Cowboys, yeah, I, I wanted to update you guys, but but here it is. The Cowboys are losing 19-9 to the Kansas City Chiefs with 11 minutes and 46 seconds left in the game. And uh, Eric Bieniemy and the Chiefs, are looking to, to, they're driving. The Chiefs are driving. They're about a little bit past midfield. I'll keep an eye on it during during this quick break here. 877-337-6666. Are the Giants going to beat the Bucks on Monday Night Football? Who should be quarterbacking for the Jets next week? Is it Flacco? Is it Mike White? Is it Zach Wilson if he's ready to go? And uh, what the heck are the Jets your official station to talk Jets. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Danielle McCartan here on The Fan for another 30 minutes, actually 28, 27 minutes. Time to get your calls in at 877-337-6666. I've just posted up my prediction for the Giants on Monday Night Football. My head says Bucks 31, Giants 20. My heart says Giants 27, Bucks 24. That's that's the, what I'm going with. I've posted it. I almost nailed the Jets score, by the way. 
Just saying. I can't explain it. I somehow think the Giants are going to be able to pull this one off. I don't know how. I just think they will. Um, in case Vinny, uh, Vinny, if you're still listening, I, I told you I was going to text my friend and tell her that, uh, you know, okay, so if you're just tuning in, uh, my friend and I went to the, the Bills-Jets game last week, and I pointed, it was towards the end of the game or, or even after the game, and I pointed to the scoreboard and I said, look, Christina, Jets, the acronym is Just End the Season. And she was like, oh, I've, I've never heard that before. Like, okay, yeah, I live it. Okay, so then I said on the air tonight, I said, I I need one for the Bills. I need a comeback for the Bills. So Vinny, I texted her. Um, The acronym Vinny gave me to tell her was boy for for the Bills. Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. One word, Super Bowls. Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. Bills. She wrote back, rude. At least we made it there four years in a row. The Jets is way worse. Uh, she's kind of right. <laughs> All right, 877-337-6666 is the number. And I want to tell you one thing real quick. Shohei me the money. I Maybe if you follow me on social media, you saw that I placed a bet on Shohei Otani to win the AL MVP with plus 2,000 odds all the way back on March 31st. And guess what? I won. My $5, which is a semi-confident bet for me, my $5 turned into $100. And Shohei Otani is only the fifth player to win MVP unanimously since the year 2000. It's 21 years, like my Jonas Brothers reference there. Okay, to the phones we go. Let's go to Brooklyn in the order that you guys called. Let's go to Brooklyn first. And Andrew, you are up on the fan. Yes, um, I would like to go with with your heart as well, but I'm going to go with your head. <laughs> um, besides the fact that the the team is has a plethora of injuries, especially I think Martinez is such a loss. Yeah, he is um, major. I loss. think the Jason Garrett hire is one of the worst hires in the history of the NFL. Oh boy, I think it will be the reason Dave Gettleman won't be with the franchise at the end of uh, at the end of end of this year. Sadly, I think Jason Garrett's just been god awful. I think going back to the the Cowboys game with, you know, all those injuries started to pile up and that, that bootleg for Daniel Jones when he got hit and knocked out of the game was one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch as a Giants fan in my entire life. Down goes Jason Garrett. I, I really – it's been so tough to watch him this season. Let me ask, if it worked, if he didn't get hurt and if it worked, what would your reaction be? My reaction – it's easier to say this since we're – I'm looking in hindsight, but I would still would have said that was one of the dumbest calls – Ever considering really? the other weapons we have around him, let's not try to let Dan, our, our our hopefully franchise quarterback yeah. take one on another one on the chin because he's been doing that enough the rest of the season. Well, with Saquon back, but listen, his numbers are better with Saquon in the backfield. They are. Daniel Jones is a better quarterback with Saquon. Just the presence of him in the backfield, so that's a plus. That's a positive. That is a positive. And going back to what you just said a few minutes ago, though, I am, I am a little bit worried about that. Um, you know, the chemistry with the rest of the team, and yeah, um, so many questions questions around Saquon coming back from his injury, and um, you know, looking back three years now, the last three seasons now, it's really been hard to, um, I guess, for that entire offense to kind of get that chemistry going because of availability and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you only can hope for the best. I really want to see Saquon, you know, on the field the rest of the season. There's nothing I want more. Right. And hopefully that will elevate Daniel Jones' game as well. 
get Andrew Thomas on the field. Hopefully Andrew Thomas will stay on the field as well because the O-line is starting to look better and better. They are starting to click. Yeah. We got to to string together a few more games, maybe five or six games, getting this whole team on the field, get Galladay back. You know, obviously you can only get better from here, I think. But, again, availability is the best ability. Let's see. Let's see these guys play together for five, six games. And, again, maybe they string together four or five wins at the end of the season here. And, Andrew, that would be the best-case scenario. The Giants did go on a run at the end of last season. They really did. Andrew Thomas, I think, is going to be the biggest um, return from injury for this team, for sure, as you mentioned. Vita Vea trending. You heard it from TJ Reeves himself. Trending that he's not going to play. That's huge for this Giants team. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. My heart is telling you. The Giants are going to come away with the win. My brain is like, yeah, right. Fired up Tom Brady. He's going to throw for 15,000 touchdowns, and that's going to be it. They're going to control the ball the entire game. I mean, it can go one way or the other, can it? Let's go back to Brooklyn, and Bill, you're up next on the fan. Hi, Kim. How are you? Good evening. I'm not Kim. I'm Danielle. Oh, Big Al. Okay. Oh, Danielle, Bill. Hey, I I, I just want to talk about the Giants. Bill, you got to get my name right first. Okay, what is that again? For the third, fourth time, Danielle. Danielle, I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry, Danielle. I've been drinking a little bit tonight. I sorry. can tell that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, Danielle, I, I just want to talk about the Giants, okay? Okay. The Giants do not have a prayer of winning that game tomorrow night. Mm. Not with that makeshift, shuffled, horrible offensive line they have, okay? But you're probably I mean, getting Andrew Thomas back. So what? What does that mean? I don't think he's allowed a sack uh, this season, actually. I don't think. I think I, no, I, think I heard that. I mean, okay, he's been injured. I'll give him that. He's going to be good in the long run. He really is. But, like, you know, in the meantime, the Giants' offensive line is horrific. Daniel Jones should increase the coverage on his life insurance policy. <laughs> well, that's a, good, that's a good joke there, Bill. Bill, I got your name right the first time. And I just double-checked myself. Yes, Andrew Thomas has allowed exactly zero sacks. He's only committed two penalties, and he's allowed zero sacks to go by him. Zero defenders to go by him that resulted in a sack in 293 offensive snaps. See, I told you I heard that somewhere. So having him back is going to be a huge difference maker for this Giants team. You watch. You watch. Valley Stream, Frankie, you're up on the fan. Hello, I just wanted to say that uh, there's one big uh, factor that Tom Brady has in his head. Actually, there's two, sorry. One, he hates the Giants. It's it's always going to stick in his head what happened during those two Super <laughs> And he's going to come out of fire, and he's just going to crush it. The second thing is that his favorite rival, Eli, will be commentating with his brother <laughs> on Monday night. Yeah. And, no, that's just – He's just going to think about that, think about what they're going to say about him, and he's just going to be over the edge of just destroying the Giants as much as he can, just pass the ball. And then the defense just stops the run so well, there's nothing that the Giants could do. There's no chance. So you think they're sitting ducks? Yeah, unfortunately. Well, Frankie, I hope that you're wrong with all due respect. And you know what? I think here's what the Giants should do. With a little bit of, um, you know, there was, where where was it? First of all, um, what's his name? Uh, um, um, Um. um, Art Stapleton, he tweeted the other day this story about how um, – I can't find it now. I had it somewhere. But basically how Joe Judge has put outside the training facility a, a, a basketball hoop. 
and he's in a way to say to the players, I'm challenging you to work on your fine motor skills in the cold with no gloves on. You know, like as like a little coaching technique there. You know what I would do? I told you Leonard Williams has to have um, a big game. And today's Michael Strahan's 50th birthday. Leonard Williams said yesterday, I know he had 92 because when I first got here, I wanted it and I couldn't get it. So since Williams has to channel his inner number 92, it's not, it's not retired yet. We got one more week for that. Why doesn't Joe Judge give Leonard Williams 92 just for this game? Just to put some doubt in Tom Brady's mind and be like, wait a second, is that Michael Strahan out there? Maybe it'll end... Maybe it'll end the same way. I don't know. Yeah? How's that tie in? Huh? Kevin in Camden, you finally made it, Kevin. You're on. What's up, Coach? What's up? Want to talk about the Jets? Uh, I think Robert Sala is overmatched. Sorry. Mm. Say that. The man does not know how to coach. I agree. You have to bring him back next year because this one and done thing is just not going to work. Um, and I have there's I read this tweet and I'm, I don't know from who it was from over during the week. Oh, Joe Flacco, it's good for Joe Flacco to start because Zach Wilson can learn from a veteran on how to prepare. And I'm like, nah, nah. It is, it, Joe Flacco should not have started this game. I'm sorry. Tell me, I'd rather have Mike White if, if Wilson can't go. Sorry. Just saying that. And and, and Salah making a lot of bad decisions. I mean, it's burning the two timeouts, like you said earlier. And I think, well, I forget what was it like. It was a fourth down, and he was like, Pretending to go for it and just oh, is it on the field uh, goal? Right, they took a delay yeah, game. Yeah, I forget what time that. But I was like, that, that's just terrible decision making. This whole this just see that didn't bother me. They marched a field goal unit out there and they they were hoping to get an offsides call. And when they didn't, they just kind of pooch punt or coffin kicked it in, into the corner. You know, with a punt. I didn't mind it was, that. It was ridiculous. And I, but I, I'm just saying for next next week. I hope it's Zach Wilson because I, I'm just done with Flacco. Oh, and by the way, the, the Jets only give up that six-round pick if Flacco starts four games, which is not going to happen. You hope so. Well, let's so hope if, so. <laughs> if he doesn't, we're keeping the pick. So just a little bit out there, doing my homework. I see that. You know, so. Kevin, let me ask you a question. This I can't take credit for this. This is going on in, in some threads on my Twitter feed, and, and I, mm-hmm. I retweeted it. It's, it's from mm-hmm. at Jason Enrique. And he said, if Adam Gase has two years, Salah deserves at least three. No. I agree. Not if he plays, not if he coaches like this next year. What? No. Uh, Adam Gase had two years. Yeah, which was, which, 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 Salah might be worse than Gase. No, come on, Kevin. All right. Well, give, you him, know give him another season but and I, we'll I, see. I'm going to say this, though. What would we give right now to have Rex Ryan coaching? Because I miss him. Yeah, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan was gone too soon uh, from the. Yeah, not not nah, that he died. Exactly. He didn't die. He, he nah, was just fired I, I, too I, I soon. I get your point. I get your point. <laughs> but nah, all right, maybe give him three. If if, if the, yeah, you're right. If Gage coached two, yeah, all right. But he's got to learn. He's got to learn how to coach better because it's just terrible. I, I just think that it's not fair to, and Kevin, thanks for the call. I, I just, Jets fans out there, I think it's, just, it's not fair to assess Robert Sala now on November 21st because he's been without his, his, his star quarterback for some time now. And I know that star quarterback hasn't been good. But 
No one said it was going to be good. No one was expecting this to be really good right from the jump. So for that reason, I'm giving them. I would. I agree with you. I'm giving them. I'm uh, the, the the tweeter. I lost your name. Sorry. Um, I would give him three years. Here is Jason Enrique. He said, if Adam Gase has two years, Salah deserves at least three. You're right. He does. And something, uh, I got some news for the Giants fans that you might not like. Has to do with Tom Brady. (laughs) I was a little curious, and maybe I shouldn't have snooped. But I'll I'll come back with that. This is your last chance to get aboard at 877-337-6666. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. I am Danielle McCartan with you guys for another uh, little less than 10 minutes. This is your last chance to get aboard at 877-337-6666. I guess the two main topics. It's been mostly a football Sunday here on the fan on this November 21st. I was on the air when the Jets game ended and uh, and I previewed you, previewed everything, gave my head and heart predictions for the Giants-Bucks game. I know that counts as two. I've really never done that before, but it just something tells me that these, these Giants might pull it off. But some bad news for the Giants fans. Uh, the last time that Tom Brady lost three games in a row was the year 2002. We've established that. And the Patriots actually lost four games in a row that year. And I was just a little curious. In the game that snapped the losing streak and ended up being against the Bills, I said to myself, how did Tom Brady play? How Did he go off or, or, or what? Okay, so the Patriots won that game back in 2002 by a, a final score of 38-7. to Tom Brady completed 85% of his passes, and he finished with 265 yards, three touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 147.6. You know how good that is? That is that is exactly 10.7 points shy of perfect uh, in terms of quarterback rating. So, yikes. I, I think the Giants better start hoping and praying for another historic losing streak because TB12 clearly has the potential to go off with a vengeance against them. That would be quite embarrassing on national TV. So we'll see what happens. But here maybe good news, bad news. Here's some good news. Um, I don't want to jinx anything yet because the Cowboys are driving, but they are down two scores, two possessions. They're down 10 points to the Chiefs with one minute and 43 seconds remaining in the game. They are in total hurry-up offense mode right now. I'll keep an eye out for you. Let's go to New Hyde Park. Tommy, you are up on the fan. Well, how are you doing, Danielle? Good. How are you, Tommy? I can't believe what I see. You know what I don't like? You know, with all this gambling going on and that stuff, I see phantom uh, fake calls, you know? Mm. Sometimes they don't show you the call, and sometimes they show you the fouls. I, I don't understand that business, number one. Oh, I never noticed that. I'll pay attention now. Well, I did notice that. Sometimes they, that you don't see an interference pass. Or something like that. So if there's something weird about, you know, with all sports gambling going on and all of that. You I think it's because of the gambling, huh? Yeah, I want your opinion on that. Oh. And also, one, I also, I'd like to ask you about, uh, who do you think the Mets should hire as a manager? Okay, so, and thanks for the call there, Tommy. I've got an update first before we go into Mets manager. Jadarius Sneed just picked off Dak Prescott 
that game is over. It was tipped at the line, it looks like. They're showing the replay now. Yep. It was definitely tipped at the line. And it went right into the arms of Sneed. The Chiefs have beaten the Cowboys, Giants fans. You can you have permission to celebrate now. And they're showing uh, uh, Jones, it was. Jones got his hands on it, looks like. Number 95. Yep, that was him. And they're showing uh, Dak Prescott with his mouth open, watching the replay in the stadium at Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes takes a knee. Game over. Good news, Giants fans. Okay, so as far as the Mets, to get to your call, uh, your question on the call, um, I think the Mets, they cannot go the route. Uh, I'll give you my my characteristics first. The Mets cannot go the route of a brand new green manager. So for that reason, you can go ahead and cross Carlos Beltran off your list absolutely now. And I know a lot of Mets fans are clamoring for him again. I want no part of him. The Mets need to pick somebody that has experience in managing a team in the past. Preferably in a big market, but that's, you know, I I feel like I'm I'm the GM here. Um, But I think that I know a lot of people are calling for Buck Showalter. That's great. I just think he's going to have a hard time relating with the players. I'm not trying to be ageist. Let me clarify that. I'm not trying to be ageist. It's just that I've worked for a head coach. I said this before, who was much older than the kids he was co- he was coaching, and it just didn't work. There was no connection there. He was making jokes about things that they don't even know what they were. They were looking at me like to explain it for them. I'm like, I don't even know what he's talking about, uh, and I'm double your age. I don't know. So it just it just doesn't work. He can't relate to them. They were asking me for help, and it was just a situation where I was doing way too much work. It was placed upon me, all of it, because I was more relatable to the to the players. I think the Mets would be doing themselves a disservice if they have not yet chartered a flight for Mike Schilt. Now, Mike Schilt was the 2019 NL Manager of the Year with, with the St. Louis Cardinals. Mike Schilt also received enough votes to be the third uh, best or third highest vote getter in this year's Manager of the Year competition. Competition. You know what I mean. He's the guy. The reason why he was fired was because there was a, like, I guess I'm paraphrasing, but philosophical differences. If I'm the Mets, I'm booking him either a first-class flight or a chartered flight into Westchester County Airport, Teterboro Airport, getting him here, and I'm going to say, what happened there? Me, if it's me, if I'm guessing, I'm going to guess that the Cardinals wanted to go completely analytic, and he put his foot down, and he was like, well, that's great and all, but I like to manage with my gut. This is totally me speculating, but the Mets would be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't get him through the door first. He started as a coach with the Cardinals. He became the manager of the Cardinals. He knows what he's doing. He was named manager of the year in his second year with the team. And came in third in voting for um, manager of the year this year. That would be my number one choice. My first interview would be Mike Schilt. And the longer that the Mets wait on this. they I mean, I hope I'm back here Wednesday. I hope that the Mets have a manager hired by Wednesday. 
this all this talking about to the senior whoever is in the in the owner and all, all this 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 is this has had it happen already. I mean, it's too long. They need to get this going because there's an impending lockout. And if we go through this with the Mets not having a manager, oh boy, are they in trouble? All right, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. I love coming here and talking with you. If you missed any portion of today's show, hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start of the show at 4.30 p.m. At 6.20, T.J. Reeves, Tampa Bay Bucks sideline reporter, gave us the other team's perspective on tomorrow night's Bucks-Giants Monday Night Football game. Great job to Brian Rascona and to Paul Rosenberg behind the glass today and to Pete McCarthy on the updates. I'll be back with you guys on Thanksgiving morning. 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., so put that in your calendars now. In the meantime, hit me up on Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Keep the conversation going. Sunday Night Football is up next. Steelers, Chargers, coming your way right here on The Fan. Happy Thanksgiving, but I'll see you on Thursday, everybody. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan.